It's Buddy and Guy time. I'm Guy. Uh, I'm Buddy, and this is the house of MTVG movies, televisions, and video games. Oh, and home of the Broom Boys. Home of the Broom Boys. Yes, and official home of the Broom Boys. Uh, how you doing there, big fella? You know, it was, it was, it's been two weeks since, two weeks since we've been with, with our wonderful, uh, I don't even, you know, we'll come up with some clever name for our, our fucking following, but you know, at this point in time, I'm not going to try it because there's just no way in fucking hell I'm, I'm going to come up with something good. Um... I mean, we there's a lot we could do if we wanted to play off of you know broom puns, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll throw something the out and see if it sticks. Um, anyway, but hey, speaking of of listeners, let's take a minute to throw a thank you out to the listeners. Big thank you. Um, we've we've been looking at our analytics, and uh, you know we know we're small, but we're we're slowly starting to get listened to more and more. Invite your friends, and we've taken on. And international flair. We have listeners in Ireland, the UK, Spain, and Australia, which, I mean, it just blows Don't my mind. Don't forget Germany so, and Taiwan, too. I forgot Germany and Taiwan. Germany and Taiwan. Anyway, thank you uh, to all of you for listening to us. It, it um, me, it, dude. It, we I were, hate the sound. We, I was bouncing off the walls. I was so... I was. Yes, I, yes, I went crazy. I hate the sound of my own voice, and so the the fact that there's people out there that actually seem to want to listen to it, uh, I, it means a lot to me. Uh, but you're not here for for that. Well, they uh, might be. They might be to here hear. to listen to us tell them how wonderful they are. Well, I mean, if that's what you're here for, that segment's over. Okay, um, and moving on. And moving news. on, news. Um, happy news. news. Yes, the crazy happy yes, news. Yes, yes. We, we don't have a death this time. No, nobody <laughs> <Seriously>? dies. <laughs> oh God, that yeah, yeah. Everybody's alive still. That is a good Everybody, thing to, so. to definitely point out at this point in time. Everybody's still alive. Yes, nobody. It's, no it's horrific death. It's 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 definitely worth repeating and mentioning that yes everybody is still alive we have no deaths to talk about what we do have to talk about is a little bit of movie news that broke in the last couple of days game on uh huge huge movie news um wonder woman 84 aka wonder woman 2 uh, is going to be released on Christmas Day simultaneously in movie theaters and on HBO Max. Right, uh, and if you don't have, I HBO, have Max, HBO Max, you, you can get it. And I th- Do you think that's their yes. point? I think that is definitely something that they are pushing forward. Um, I have HBO Max. I've had HBO Max since day one. Is it worth there it? There is an... It's totally worth it, dude. It, there's an epic amount of content on there, um, ranging from the DC universe, all of the HBO catalog. So the their shows, nice. whatever movies they currently have licensed, you know. So we're talking Game of Thrones, Lovecraft Country, The Wire, Veep. The list goes on and on. Beverly have, Hills Cop. 
I don't. I would have to look to see if Beverly Hills Cop is on there. Uh, they have Impractical Jokes. Do you remember they have that the movie? entire series. I love that fucking movie, dude. Love that fucking movie. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, Glenn Fry of the Eagles singing uh, The Heat Is On in the opening scene. Yeah. Yes, yes. I love that movie. Ah, <coughs> Sorry. Love that movie a lot. <laughs> but anyway, so the reason, the big thing that drove me to getting HBO Max was the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League is going to be exclusively on HBO Max, and now we're getting this bonus of, hey, Wonder Woman 84 is going to be available on there, same day as it is in the theater. Uh, I haven't got it I'm, yet, I'm, but I, I'm ser- now, now I'm like, I'm seriously considering it, beyond even seriously, it's like, God, I gotta do that here soon, because I don't want to miss either I one mean, of those, truthfully, and I'm not going yeah, to do um, Well, yeah, I don't think movie theaters are going to be... Any theaters that are open, I think, with the way COVID seems to be trending again, mm-hmm. uh, probably they'll probably close their doors or cut back on their their capacities even further. Right. Uh, depends on when the vaccine lands because we've got a couple of them coming. So That's, yeah, um, absolutely. Two two very uh, effective ones. Ninety four, ninety five percent effective. Rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good. There's some good stuff coming. So, so uh, there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, right now that light is uh, shaped like Gal Gadot, and what a what a amazing looking light that is. Right. Uh, well, I would. I I loved the first. Can one. Can I just say movie. something? Though? Just you, what you just said is, is exactly what I thought, and I'm like, yeah, but she's got her. She's. I'm sorry, Cara Dune, you know, freaking, uh, uh, oh, uh, Gina Carano. Yeah, dude, hands, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm much, that, that's, that's a better, better, uh, <laughs> figure for me. Not to say that the other's well, bad. I mean, I, it's like, a, but it's like, if I was going to pick a winner, hands down. I'd side over there, but yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're both incredibly beautiful women. Uh, they're both incredibly talented actresses. Uh, <laughs> Gina is a incredibly talented athlete. Yes, seriously. Um, but so, but anyways, I lo- I loved the first Wonder Woman movie. Uh, I loved it a lot more than I thought I would, considering as a comic book fan, comic book nerd, whatever you want to call me. I might have been the target audience, but I don't think I was the big target audience in the fact that I'm not female. And my wife loves that movie because of the the depictions of women in that movie. Um, I just, I love the whole movie. This, everything about it. It was um, an awesome superhero movie. And that's my thing about it. It was one awesome movie. Take superhero out of it. It's an awesome movie. Um, and it, it the the no man's land scene is one of my favorite scenes of all time because I mean it, to me it she she took what it means to be a superhero like people are like no you can't do this and she's like no fuck you I'm saving these people and you're not gonna stop me like to me that is the ultimate act of a hero super or not right 
No, I, I agree completely. Um, and the movie, I mean, it, they do such a great job with it. And it, I don't know. It, it really was as good of a movie as it, it, you know, everybody was surprised that it was. Um, I'm, I guess I'm happy that it was and, and not even, and I enjoyed it from the very beginning, but it was, that was where I'm, I don't know. I, I, I guess you can blame video games in some ways and other things that where you, it's like it, it's blurred the line of who the protagonist is. Uh, and sometimes you're a female and sometimes you're a male, especially if you're, it's a linear and a hardwired story that get, does, you know, you're, it's not, you don't get to create your own adventurer. They give you a person to play. Um, the Last of Us, uh, you know, and those kind of games. Uh, I, I I guess I've been desensitized to that whole thing of just uh, uh, of um, overall male, female, you know, it's like, wow, even. There's a lot of things where it's just like male or female. It's it's an arbitrary difference in certain things, definitely, not in the medical sense, but, um, but when it comes to norms that we've established and we've you know and other things we've done to change and move away, it's like the idea of a female warrior is not something that that we shy away from or. It's not like Xena in the 90s, you know? Um, Xena in the 90s was huge because it, it, it did take that whole, you know, female lead and put them in that warrior position and role. But it, it was still, there was a whole lot of conventions to it that uh, and tropes that we, at the time, couldn't get away from. Now, it, it's like what Xena was in the 90s I mean looking at what Wonder Woman has done for the genre and for the movies and for the stereotypes it, it's really cool that way but I, coming from a standpoint of having seen it so often in the different things I've overall consumed the medias like the video games and all that especially the video games um I guess I'm I'm jaded in the sense to say it's it was it was just it was a good superhero movie to me, and I, meanwhile my daughter and my wife and it's like exact same kind of kind of thing as uh, uh, you know as as your wife it, it's they it was a whole lot more meaningful and it's like I feel a little bit um, I don't know. Like I needed to, I need to have more value to it, but it's like, to me, not, and not because I, I don't see the growth, but because it was like, I, 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 it's just been there for so long already. And it's just, it's, I guess it's nice to have it just become a norm, I guess, at this point in time, then. Well, I mean, I think, I think the you know, when you're talking, oh, we're used to it in video games. I mean, up until, I mean, I'm going to say it up until fairly recently, video games were still considered to be the dominion of men. Laura Croft. Uh, video games are for boys. I mean, Laura Croft. Well, Laura, there's always, 
Yeah, but there's always there's always outliers. If you want to put it down to the first one that I can think of, uh, Metroid Samus. Yes, yes, but what I'm what I'm saying is is where you have these female and or protagonists, the games themselves was viewed as a boy's activity. Oh yeah, boys yeah, yeah. Play video games. I get what you're saying. So women not not being as big of a market share in video games wouldn't have seen that exposure of Samus and Laura Croft and you know any of the any of the awesome female characters in World of Warcraft or any number of other video games. Right. And to have a female that is that powerful and that amazing and that mainstream front and center Exactly. Front and center on a mainstream big screen movie is huge. I mean, we've seen it a trillion times. Superman, Batman, James Bond, Indiana Jones. In the comics, it happens all the time. It's like... Yes, and in the comics, I mean, Wonder Woman has had her own line of comic books for 70 years. Something like, yeah. You know? I mean, in the comics, we got Black Canary, we've got Black Widow, we've got captain marvel we've got miss marvel we've got you know an assortment of female characters rogue storm i mean you name it Mm -hmm. but that's not gene gray the dark phoenix it's like gene gray yes i love gene gray right but that's not that's not a mainstream front and center in a giant movie theater on a giant for it there's something about the Right, there's something about the legitimacy of the box office of the motion picture. Um, well, because that made it, Wonder Woman, you know, it, not yeah. not just a wonderful movie, it made it a, a cultural thing. Um, but anyways, we can we can. I see what you're about saying, it. though. I mean, because the box well, office. Well, no, this is not even this is not even my perspective. This is just how my wife conveyed it. Well, you're right, and you know what I, I'm saying. Yeah, no, I get it because it's like the. When when it hits the box office, when it hits the 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 silver screen, at that point in time, it's made for mass consumption in a way that is beyond just comic book comic books and everything. They're trying to get the the number one movie in the world kind of thing, and it's like that's a huge amount of people. That's not just a a, a one segment of you know, nerd dumb or whatever. It, it's like it is the general population and the general consensus, and and so I mean, I told I I get it. I mean, I I had hadn't thought of it really that way before because to me, it's like I I yeah, it's where I'm backwards. I don't. It's like movies are like the afterthought of everything I've consumed up until this point. It's like how many times have you seen a movie? You know that was made from a comic book or a graphic a novel or a video game now it's like we've seen so many of it it's it's just here's another one let's see how they do it like monster hunter that's coming came coming yeah yeah um <laughs> last of us is getting a tv series on hbo is it? i mean wow it is it is it is i'm not i played the last of us the first one I got I did one playthrough and I was like, okay, this is a cool story and I got halfway through a second playthrough and got bored. It's not it for me it's not that game. You know, it's not the game like BioShock where I can play it all the way through and then immediately want to start it over. Right. Um 
I just don't connect to it. I can't. But, yeah, I've not been anyway. that way with a lot of games myself. Uh, very, very few. Very few. I, I've been ever able to do a second run through with the story. Like all this, all the Dragon Age games, uh, pretty much one run through, and I never replayed them. Well, they're unless I wanted to play another so class. Big. They're so big. That is a daunting task, right? To take on is to start a new character from the beginning and play all the way through. Yeah, no, that's daunting in a game like Dragon Age or Mass Effect. But I've done it with Mass Effect. Um, I did it in Dragon Age Two because that was more that was a shorter, more actiony game as opposed to the leveling up, role playing traditional stuff. I've done it with Kotor. I've done it with Bioshock. I've done it with a, a bunch of games. I where where I've I've enjoyed my journey so much. I wanted to take that journey again. Um, Not many for me, sadly. But I can say anyways, it's like there's a lot of them. That it's like uh, what was it? Uh, Fallen Order that was, did the game plus, and it's I never get get through because I'm like eh, just another replay of this. I'm I'm really bad. Uh, I did I did I did two playthroughs. I did two. Hats off to you. Um, but see, you, that's where I I will admit uh, I am much more fickle that way. So yeah, no, I'm not. Way. If 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 I if I enjoy something enough, I I will tend to to pay it another visit. Um, but anyways, Christmas Day. Yes. Uh, HBO Max or theaters, if you so choose. Wonder Woman 1984, uh, starring Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, and Kristen Wiig. So, I'm excited. I know you're excited. Um, we'll obviously review it after we've both seen it. So, uh, you know, maybe on the, uh, MTVG Christmas special. (laughs) You like that? I was like, I did. Did you make that yeah, up? Yeah, I was like, did you create that? I, you know, now? I was like, just off the top of my head, just a little ditty. Like, I don't know where. Yeah, that's awesome. Just like, you know, shooting from the hip. Way. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, so uh, television, television. Not, not, not much in the way of uh, not until next year. You know, of shows. Not till next year. Well, okay, but... not true because we're going through a freaking badass, awesome show, but we're gonna give that its full time. Yes, yes, that. Uh, there's a lot of television coming there, and there's there's good television on now. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of medical shows, you know. Yes, yes. I mean, <clears throat> I don't consume TV by turning on NBC anymore. I just don't. I stream. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are, um, and you know, I uh, I sat down for dinner the other night and uh, was turning on Hulu because Frasier, which I love, is on Hulu, and I've been rewatching the series with dinner. You know, an episode or two, and I do twenty minutes. You know, it doesn't take long, and it's funny. Um, and Frasier as a guy and me being from Washington state holds a special place in my heart because one, I love Kelsey Grammer. He's an amazing actor. That entire cast is incredible. And the show takes place in Seattle. So, you know, anyways, and Hulu loads up and on the very top, I see something that I have not seen since I was late in my teen years (laughs) and it immediately brought a smile to my face because I loved it back then 
And I, I, I had remembered that they were bringing it back, but it hadn't occurred to me that they were bringing it, like, that it was here, that it was upon us. And I texted you, and I was like, dude, Animaniacs is on Hulu. Right. And if you're unfamiliar with the Animaniacs, it was, I mean, it was a cartoon, kid-friendly, but with a lot of adult humor. Right. Uh, uh, back in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, very spoofy, very, I mean, kind of current with the times even in a lot of the, the stuff it addressed. Yeah, at the same time, um, so out and left. Like, I mean, they, they took things to such an awesome extreme. That was what yes, I always remembered yes. is always thinking, I don't know how the writers come up with this crazy shit, but at the same time, it always was relevant. Like you were saying, it always had had some kind of bearing or basis in, in current times. And, um, it, and so it was, it, it had a message and there was something there behind it innuendo and all these other things, but where they came up with the, just the, oddball stories i love that and they dude they captured that man and the oddball characters telling these stories the warner brothers and the warner sister sisters so we had yakko wacko and dot the warner brothers with the warner sister uh but there were other characters that got their own spotlights and we saw obviously the warner brothers and the warner sister on this first episode, but we also saw the <laughs> triumphant return of Pinky and the Brain. And their entire story can be summed up in their theme song, which always starts out with Pinky asking Brain, what are we going to do tonight, Pinky? Or Brain, Brain, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky, try and take over the world. So there are two lab rats that have been experimented on, and one of them's super genius, one of them's not. Uh, and the theme song is it's Pinky and the Brain. One's a genius, one's insane, and you know the, the theme song tells the whole story, and it's hysterical mm -hmm. because Brain is like a psychopath, basically, and Pinky is just this lovable dullard. Um, oh God, the smile I had on my face when P the Pinky and the Brain popped so up. happy after you know oh what i noticed gosh, though this this okay as an adult as an adult watching this um one thing i noticed that i had never picked up on before um in the entire time i watched animaniacs as, as a kid um watch brain and every time pinky screws up the plan how he responds he's never mad at pinky for for messing up the plan it's always it's okay Pinky. yeah you know what we're going to do tomorrow night kind of thing yeah it's almost like it's almost like he realizes that in that moment that he should have planned for pinky being incompetent but then never accounts for that in every other time he makes a plan right but that's why you love it anyway i'm uh i mean i'm so happy it's back. Um, as a 40-year-old man, I have to say after, you know, it's been off the air for 22 years that I'm going to enjoy watching 
Animaniacs on Hulu. Uh, and if you've never, this uh, might if you've sound never seen up, it, dude, but I'm I'm excited to actually have a couple suds and then watch some Animaniacs. Good. Hey, however you want to consume it. That's up to you, my good friend. You, you gotta but tell me. I'm just excited that it's there. Right? Me too. I am very excited that it's there. And I, the only reason I think of it is because back when I was a kid, I thought it was hysterical. And then it's like, I never thought of the joy of maybe watching uh, Animaniacs drunk. And now I'm like, it would... There's some things that you that are better when you're inebriated. Pizza? Pizza is always better when you're inebriated. Well, all food, all food, I think in general is always better when you're inebriated because you need True. that, uh, you need that punch to kind of take you from, I'm effed up right now to this will help me not be as effed up. Right. And I can go to sleep with a full belly and, you know, hopefully wake up not too hungover. <laughs> hopefully. Oh. Hopefully. The gut bomb. And if you do wake up with a really nasty hangover, take some Midol and go to Denny's. Uh, that was that was Denny's. that was uh, that was my well, uh, uh, well, it's for for not being able to pay, have a better name. People that <laughs> anybody that knows us will know exactly what I'm talking about. But that was Robbie's cure for it. I was, and so that's where I kind of hey went. man. And I'm, I'm Robbie down with it. Robbie was a pro. He was. Robbie was a pro. He was. So the Midol, but the and you never would think as a man to take Midol, but that shit is like I've, a wonder I've taken Midol. I've taken Midol many times, and Midol is a very effective drug. It really is. It really is. It's a shame. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> welcome back to the Animaniacs. Watch it on Hulu if you have it. Uh, you'll enjoy yourself. I promise. Uh, Absolutely. So, uh, another you another show any coming. Video games. Well, another show coming. Oh, another show. Well, not coming. Another coming. show. Uh, WandaVision's coming in January. And I. It is coming in in January. Yes, I'm very excited. I've have okay. So I've heard a couple things about that, and I want to I want to find out what your thoughts on them are. Uh, first one. Ah. Uh, Okay. We're, we're going to do this with two two questions. We'll do two questions and then get on get on to the next topics because I don't... Cause we, we, gotta, we have a meaty show, guys. Yeah, we do, and we don't want to wait always, too long on it. As always, we, we've got a double dose of Mando coming for you at the very end. Uh, so. And it's going to... Yeah, there's so much to go. So much cool shit. There's um, a lot to unpack with Mando. But anyways, your question. So question the first. Question go. number one. Uh, do you think... They are going to use it as a way to bring back, say, dead characters. Uh, one in particular, say, Quicksilver. Um, I believe it's possible. I visions. I mean, if vision. If vision is alive in this, there's there's a question, and I mean, how the fuck's vision alive? He's dead. Um, I don't know. It's gonna. It's going to depend on. I mean, it's gonna depend on how Wanda did it because you know this is all a creation of Wanda's, right? Yes. So, uh, it's hard to say. You know, it's very hard to say how they're 
how what um, what mechanic or MacGuffin they're going to use to have her create this. Okay. Um, now, but yes, I think I think. Hold on, mm-hmm. though. I think if they're going to do it, this is the perfect opportunity because I have not heard much in the way of real confirmable detail. What I've heard is a lot of speculation. Mm-hmm. One of the confirmable details that I have heard is that WandaVision is going to set up the second Doctor Strange movie because Wanda is in that. And it is going to set up or pave the way for phase four. Okay. So one theory I've heard in in regards to that is that Wanda will actually be the villain of the Doctor Strange movie because of what she did with her powers. Mm -hmm. This is called the Multiverse of Madness. So she's done something to break the time stream, to to mess with the multiverse or whatever, and Doctor Strange has to put it right. Uh, Okay. Um, Um, What was it called? What was it called? Um, Oh, fuck. Okay, this will tie into my next question. So, sorry, I, I apologize. Keep going. Oh, but anyways, no. So that's a theory. So does she have the power to do that? I mean, potentially they can they can make her as powerful as they want to. And I mean, she's probably already the strongest in the Marvel Universe. Um, I know a lot of people would say, what about Captain Marvel? I mean, I would put Captain Marvel in the top five. I wouldn't put her at number one. My one and two is... Scarlet Witch, and then Doctor Strange. Um, um, you know, but that's just me, right? That's a that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast on its own. Oh my god, what uh, was it called? There was a store. Okay, so second, are you second are question. you tra- comic comic books? Yes. You're, is this a comic book store? Are you thinking about the House of M? The House of M. Thank you. Yes. Okay. okay. So now, this, which ties into this, the second question: Do you think they are going to use Wandavision as a tool to bring mutants into the MCU? Um, I think again the potential is there. Um, I don't see them introducing mutants on the show, but I see them doing it in Doctor Strange. Okay. Based on based on what she does in this show. Now, the reason... Okay, the, and ultimately where... If anybody's not familiar with the House of M storyline, Wanda, um, in a huge amount of grief, I don't remember exactly what it was. It, uh, who was it dying? Someone died, I thought. And so she completely creates her enti- an entire universe of her own where she... Ulti- what? She changes everybody's lives and there's something she does with their some people have powers other people don't um or is everybody a mutant i think everybody's i think everybody's mutant um anyway it's been a long long time since i've read right and i haven't even looked it up i'm just trying to remember it off the top of my head anyway the the thing about it that needs to, that 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 happens is you have a huge amount of the heroes that ima- that eventually 
they remember what was real before. I want to say Wolverine is key to most of it, um, but I'm not sure. Um, again, uh, and so you have this whole story where in the very end of it, she reverts everything and back to the way it was, but half of the mutants in the world are no longer mutants. So it greatly diminishes the population of mutants in the entire world, basically just like the snap. Um, uh, but nobody dies. They just lose their powers. Um, so I'm wondering if they're I going mean, to use the same kind of Wanda went in, created her own universe where Vision's alive. She goes through all these things. And I mean, you have an alternate future that dr strange has to i mean there's so but the title for it um is it just reminds me of the house of m uh what was it? it's uh mansion of madness or what did what was it uh yeah something like that i mean it could be that the house of m is the basis for this series and it kind of in some ways seems that it is but in the same way that civil war you know vaguely resembles the comic book story mm -hmm. i think we'll see a lot of vague resemblance in wandavision to house of I, I agree completely and i that's part of where i'm like i there it's i think they're going to use the idea the concept and then create their own story around the the skeleton um, give the meaty parts to different characters. Uh, maybe invert the story where, you know, there's no mutants and she creates mutants afterwards. It, you know, or maybe she, it's like, maybe she's the region, reason for Terrigen. And if they actually, you know, because uh, video games, you know, if you followed Marvel Avengers, Terrigen and Inhumans and Miss Marvel and all that stuff is right now at least big in that section of the Marvel Universe. Um, so, as... Oh, well, hey, speaking of Miss... Hold on, but speaking of Miss Marvel, they did just start filming that show. Okay. For Disney+. Plus, The Miss Marvel series is being shot i saw some you know production stills or whatever that's exciting that you know this is your first look at at whoever the actress is playing kamala khan i anyway. wonder if that's why they pulled the comic ah uh, it's possible anyway i mean but... i think it's more likely that they pulled the comic because it wasn't selling well uh yeah well yeah but it was so new and everything like that you could do the run on it create the whatever and then leave it open-ended then fill in the blanks like the then the show doesn't have to conform the show can then become canon for the character even in the 616 yeah no for sure i mean i don't i, I don't mean, know they I got smart know. people I, at marvel right they got brains. they got smart people making these choices With bigger brains so, bigger um, penises yeah bigger bigger everything yeah so um <laughs> i i i don't know i i mean that's that I have my thoughts and my theories, but they've been very, very tight-lipped about anything detail-wise on WandaVision that for me to even speculate is for me to just... I'm drawing in every guess that I've heard everybody else make mm -hmm. 
and kind of picking and choosing the things that seem most likely to me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My only hope for the show, legitimately, is that somehow, some way, they actually do bring Vision back permanently. Because one, I have a soft spot for the actor, Paul Bettany. I want to see him in everything. I think he's a greatly underrated actor. Mm-hmm. Um, two, we never got to see the Wanda Vision relationship play out on the big screen in the way that I think we should have. And Vision's just an awesome fucking character. And they treated him. I wasn't a big fan of how weak they made him seem in Infinity War. Vision, okay. And I think what, if you are a nerd, then you'll understand what, what Buddy's talking about. If you're not a nerd... What you need to know is Vision is an absolutely ridiculously cosmically strong character. Um, He's built better than Ultron was built. He's made out of adamantium. Um, And then he was, his brain was literally the mind stone and his phasing and all those kind of things were just, Kind of, I mean, overall, you find out that they're just the tips of his power. Um, and yeah, he is. He's your friendly AI. He's not your crazy psycho yeah, AI. I, but he's, I mean, he's just a powerhouse. Yeah. And beyond a powerhouse, he's, you know, he's noble, he's wise. I mean, he's. And they made him seem like a bitch in Infinity War. He seemed like a weak little bitch. Right? It's like he he did not have the knowledge that would have really truly been available to him with the Mind Stone. And then to not know this and... It, they made him seem... Uh, forgive me, Star Trek fans. Uh, like Data was at the beginning of the show before he had any emotions or feelings or anything. Um, there was curiosity, but there wasn't any... And that was kind of where I, I felt like uh, they made Vision start at. It's like this blank slate of, well, you don't know what anything is. You don't know what happiness is or sadness. You don't know any of these things. And now you have to learn them. Uh uh, yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, um, I, don't know. I mean, we'll find out. We're not, January is right around the corner, my man. Yep, it is. Right around the corner. So It is right there, bro. I Seth. mean, we'll get there and it is going to be, you know, one episode a week like everything else and that's fine. But um, we'll certainly, it'll be the, the talk soup here on uh, on this show when it comes out. Absolutely. Um, Ow. That was my name. So. Uh, well, I didn't getting old's it. a bitch, man. I didn't need it. <laughs> you got two for oh, a reason. Shit. It's uh, got that throbbing <laughs> thing on the freaking cap. Anyway, um, yeah. so, so video games. Video games. This has been a pretty busy couple weeks for video man, games with the uh, just not the launch of the new systems, uh, uh, which I'm still working on trying to get one. Um, I've got two chances next week. So I'm going to give it a go then. I missed, uh, I failed. Walmart had a, had a release on Thursday 
and I got one in my cart, but it wouldn't go through to check out. And then it, you know, after 10 minutes, it was like, error, this is sold out. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. Oh, lame. Um, I know, dude. I was pissed. Yeah. Yeah, that would be enough. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw um, this out there really quick. We are at 40 minutes now. So, um, just for yeah, the sake no, of I know. I know. And how we go. How, dude, wait, you know, the show, the show's, the show is going to take as long as it's going to take. So. You heard, uh, you let's heard, just, buddy. Let's just, you guys strap in, grab a beer. Let's just keep talking. Um, so yeah, I don't have the new system yet, but hopefully I'll have one in my hands next week. If not, I'll just keep trying till I get one. Um, did you have? Uh, did you have anything come your way, video game wise? Because I had several things come my. Uh, my biggest was WoW's dropping a whole lot of Shadowlands stuff. They've introduced some dailies uh they gave you this nice quest to go kill freaking nathaniel Blightcaller, or whatever is nathanos or whatever anyway he which is fun because he's a jackass and i have been longing to kill him uh, for a long time you know ever since i was introduced to him uh like is this prep for an expansion mm -hmm. the shadowlands expansion is landing and i guess that there's some uh news from like developers but um what it's been wow's been out for ever in a day and having come from, uh almost 25 right, years now right yeah something like that it's i don't even like 23 2005 i think was 2004 was yeah that sounds right i, uh, I want to say it was right around then because yeah 2004 maybe um and because I just remember everybody that I worked with who was going to play it, that's all they could talk about, was getting WoW. Right. And so I managed to start playing it, like, what, four months before the first expansion launched. And maybe it was six months. Um, anyway, and so I've been through, like, pretty much not the launch, but pretty much every... Not every expansion. A handful of expansions. Um, I've played, obviously, all the all of them just because uh, playing through, you can. And so I have taken my time to play every single one except Cataclysm. I didn't play that Cata that much. Or did I? No, I played Cata. Um, so... I didn't play Panda. I skipped Panda. And I'm not sad about that. I That was like my least favorite expansion that they did. Um, and I skipped... Oh, what was this last one? Uh, or last two? Legion. I skipped Legion. And then I've played a little bit of Battle for Azeroth. And almost kind of bummed that I, you know... Legion, I'm semi-bond, you know, give or take. I, I really couldn't care about whether or not I actually played it. But Battle for Azeroth, they... There were changes that they made, and I think they started them in Legion. Um, but they started re reusing old map and changing it, and so things would grow. The game grew. Um, and every expansion was kind of a little bit different. And, and 
that I appreciated because it's nice when you see you don't see classics stay in the same place for the first three or four expand three expansions I think with Lich King and then Cataclysm came out and they lost me in Cataclysm. Um, yeah, they lost a lot of people in Cataclysm, including yours truly. Um, right, it was all right, but they they took everything of the world and they just completely changed all of it all at once and then it remained stagnant and which is not what they're doing now now it's like it almost every it's almost a growing changing map so places that i played in classic that i leveled up in through to 60 now are completely they're the same shell of a land but like uh arathi highlands is a completely different experience uh the the alliance original alliance base there is completely deserted and taken over by monsters and they've moved into and cleared out this area of ogres and it's it really is kind of this it's nice to see them actually develop the the map every expansion to say this is how the stories progress now some people don't like how much story work they're doing um and i i i can see where they're coming from but at the same time i like to see without the story you don't have the developments that are currently that i like so I don't know how how to I don't know the balance. There's there's obviously got to be a balance, but I don't know what it is right now. Um, and I I do think they're in the stage of figuring that out. But I'm really excited about the Shadowlands. Uh, and yeah, the 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 run up is coming. We got three days left. Two days left. Comes out on the twenty third. Launches on the twenty third. So at three o'clock. Oh wow! Yep. Wow! Right on, man. Well. Um... You'll have to let us know next time we record what your uh, initial thoughts are. Um, right? Yeah, you you can give us a rundown. I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll play for oh, yeah. twenty you or know, thirty minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a couple, a tiny bit, tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll play a little bit. Um, so, what games have you been playing? Because you, well, you, there's been a couple that you picked up recently. Yes, yes, yes. So. Um, Destiny 2 launched their uh their year 3 expansion uh Beyond Light uh which so far is proving to be very very satisfying to me personally uh it's pretty meaty on content they introduced a new subclass for all of the characters uh the Stasis subclass which is a darkness power oh, wow uh, all through Destiny, you've been a servant of the light, and now you are given uh, some darkness toys to play with. Basically, here, we're going to harness the dark to defeat the dark. And, you know, the campaign of Beyond Light is basically, hey, here's how you get these powers, and you're you're using them to stop a, uh, a fallen Kel named... Uh, why can't I remember her name? Aramis, I think. Aramis? Aramis, yes. Aramis. Uh, who has taken these powers for herself and is able to infuse 
uh, those that follow her with this power. And so basically, if you don't stop this army that she's creating, uh, they're going to wipe out everything because the power is incredibly strong. And that is reflected when you start getting it on your subclasses. It freezes. It's an ice power, essentially. Okay. Um, and it's very, very, in fact, it's so strong that they've already done some nerfs. <laughs> I mean, it's been out for, you know, two weeks, basically. And they've already nerfed some of the stuff. Right. Um, Does, I had a quite curiosity, because Destiny 2, uh, there was this cutscene. I just, I, and I don't know why it made me think of it right now. I want to say it was this, the, the first one, like the original game. Uh, you're headed headed down into a crypt, and there's this. I want to say there's uh, a, someone watching you up on the ridge. Did we, we figured out? They figured they answered who that was, right? She's actually a main character in this expansion. Okay. Um the the exo stranger. Yes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it this close to launch, although it's been. If you're into the game, you've pretty much known for a while who that Exo Stranger is. Mm -hmm. But this expansion deals deeply with that lore. Um, so, yes, we, we know her original identity now, confirmed for sure. Um, she's actually the one who guides you through. She uses the darkness and she guides you through getting it. Um, so you get through that campaign and then, you know, you have your... This is the the setup for the end game sort of missions and you kind of get into that groove and then so that was the first week and then this on Tuesday when the weekly reset hit the season officially launched and we're getting into the seasonal activity which is uh hunting wraithborn basically this this uh hive god of war is pulling powerful beings in from other dimensions and you're tasked with uh hunting them down and uh you're working with osiris and a uh mysterious character named the crow and you're also working uh for the spider who we met in the forsaken expansion uh i like the spider so they were yeah so they've uh they released the raid, the Deepstone Crypt raid today, and it took about six hours for it to be completed. Upon completion of that, a whole slew of new activities and changes to the world occurred. And new quests, including um, a quest for an exotic sword, uh, was unlocked. So they're, they're doing a lot of really great stuff. So far, I'm pretty happy. I, I powered through the exotic sword quest and got it done and got it equipped and played around with it for a little bit tonight mm -hmm. uh, before we sat down to record. Fun? Was it fun? <clears throat> oh, it's great. It's awesome. I, I'm very happy with the expansion added, so far. I like that they, add, they added the melee to it. Yeah, well, this sword is um, it's a chainsaw sword. Oh, shit. And there's some really, really cool lore around it, which I'm not going to spoil. But there was a very big revelation that you got when you completed the the quest. Nice. And I'm not going to spoil it. But nice. uh, yeah, it's excellent. And uh, looking forward to seeing what happens further in the coming weeks. 
Uh, there's more exotic quests to be released and more stuff that's still coming down the road. Um, so then what? So other yeah, the, so that's going to keep me busy. Uh, I picked up Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Ooh, how um, is that one? I see a lot of it advertisements is for it come across different, you name it. Yes, yes, yes. It is excellent. It is, um, you know, I, I've always been a fan of Assassin's Creed since the first one. I've played them all, beaten them all. Um, was very, very happy when Origins came out a few years ago. And an it became... Fan. I am Assassin's Creed Origins. There were some yes, people I love really like they, divided. Almost it seemed like, or I fractioned. Well, I wouldn't say divided. they they changed. They changed the format of the game, and they took it in a direction that I think they should have taken it in, where it became more of a <laughs> open world RPG style game instead of this, um, you know, linear narrative driven based thing um that was what did and they i like to change it from being really really based around uh stealth and um espionage to being like uh you can pick your path whether it's yes, loud they 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 gave you yes they gave you the freedom you could be stealthy but there is no longer that was my the biggest thing that i hated is like if you weren't stealthy enough you failed the mission and that, you know, and I, I never dug that. I never dug that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I want to play a, a stealthy espionage game, I'll play Splinter Cell. Thank you very much. Um, but they made it more of a Witcher style game, you know, open giant open world RPG in these amazing historical settings. Um, so this one is obviously you start off in Norway and then after the prologue, which took me five hours. You don't see the title of the game. You know how you play a lot of games and you go through a little 20-minute thing or whatever to set it up and then you get the title of the game? Uh It takes five hours to do that in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. When you set sail for for England with your Viking band, Assassin's Creed Valhalla comes up on the screen and the prologue ends and the game really starts when you get to England. That's Um, meaty. Yes, it's a huge game. Um, And you can freely travel between England and Norway. Um, I have not gone back to Norway yet. I'm still kind of getting my bearings in England. Because it came out when Destiny 2 came out, I've kind of been favoring destiny 2 but assassin's creed is what i'm like okay you know i'm I'm done with my missions for the day i've shot i've shot everything i feel like shooting i'm gonna go and kill people with my axes now you know i mean that's just what it is but um uh it's great it's great i'm very happy with it so far wow i guess i mean my biggest thing i think that i uh, that i really would love out of an assassin's creed and i think some ways um the Mordor games, uh, well, Shadow of Mordor and uh, Shadow of War. Um, Great games in their own right. right. Uh, that I liked about those, minus the fact that obviously there was, it was very specifically character story driven, um, in the sense of who you who you were and. Uh, 
who you were in and who you were fighting against. And then, I mean, there was a lot of variables, obviously, with the orcs and all those kind of things. But you didn't have a whole lot of choice of who you were playing. <laughs> this is who you're playing. Um, right, right, right. And Assassin's Creed, I'm not... I've played several of them. I have... I'm, I'm not the guy to ask about them. But I kind of always wanted an Assassin's Creed game that was kind of built similar to, say, um, Skyrim. Like a, like a hybrid of the two. Where... Mm, mm-hmm, do you know what you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying there yeah 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 well i mean they're they're close i think with the current incarnations when they started you know origins odyssey and now valhalla i think they're very very close um you know where like the way it's set up now is you 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 have to level up your character and gain power and you gain power by skill points and gear you know to be able to move on to higher quote-unquote level areas um i mean you can wander into those areas and you can even be successful and kill things but it it's super challenging like you have to be perfect with everything in order to have a chance against anything that you're severely under leveled against um yeah but i want to be able to in assassin's creed go out to that like or you know kind of like that open world like say uh red dead uh red dead 2 was uh that that hole where you could go anywhere and you come across this random cabin out of in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden what skyrim is you make it kind of your own little place right you you put in your stuff and you can change that the inside and all those kind of things and that's kind of the game that i would i would love with assassin's creed where you could be like yeah i'm gonna go through Ooh, i like that house and then kill everybody in it and then take it for yours and it would it would could be your hideout. I mean, they, you can't. I know you. And, and there's, but there's. Yeah, you can't. I mean, they they have, especially in this one, there are elements of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. But it's not quite to that level. Right. Um, maybe on the next one you'll see something like that. But yeah, it's not quite there. Uh, but this goes back to uh, old school. Definitely. War- We've talked about yeah, this probably, before, probably where it was you. you could put your own yeah, goddamn yeah, yeah. house wherever you wanted, and it was your house, and and it gets back to the same same concept as that. I want I want a world that I can make as much my own as I possibly can, even if I don't want to start follow the storyline. But anyway, I, I I digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I I mean, it would not surprise me if the game. The next time it evolves, if it if it took that sort of an evolutionary leap, it would not shock me at all. The game, I mean, I've been very happy where it's at because, like I said, it feels like The Witcher. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if it went if it went that way. Oh, good lord! He ain't done yet, folks. I didn't I I didn't get the first one muted so and I may not uh, delete that audio just so everybody knows why why has suddenly disappeared Yeah he was jeez he was sneezing he was sneezing he was having a sneezing fit didn't need to pop um, the mic all over the place jeez that was that was a bad one anyway. Yeah But anyways highly highly recommend Beyond Light which actually if you are um an ultimate Game Pass subscriber on Xbox Beyond Light 
is on there. You can play it for free. I'm gonna have um, to download that. I think you still have to buy in. You still have to buy in to the to the Good seasons. Season. Which they have a free, so they have the free stuff, and then they have, you know, if you pay the ten bucks or whatever for the season, you have the reward track that's open only if you paid. But then they have a free reward track as well. Um, oh, microtransactions. So, but yeah, but yeah, you know, it's, everybody's. I like. I. It's not bad because yeah, I like. Shit. I I like it. I like it. I like it because I mean, I buy. You know, I buy the $70 version anyways, and that comes with it, all of it. It gets me the season pass and the game. Um, yeah, so I do it anyways. So, yeah. I mean, but it gives you it gives you the option to not buy a season pass. And then if you're not digging the game, you can dip out for a season and then come back and be like, oh, I'll, maybe I'll give it a try. You know, and it gives you the freedom to dip your toe into the season. And then if you want to buy it, you buy it. And if you don't, you don't. Right. You know, it's not a big deal. Exactly. I like that. I, I like what they did with it that way. So. Yeah. So, I guess we have we have one more bit of video game news. Mm-hmm. Um, our favorite game, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, currently, you know, if it was on... If it was a hospital patient, you know, the little heart rate monitor where it's it's like like that's where it's at. I was thinking it was going I think I was thinking it was going Well it's not It's not flatlined yet. No, no, not yet. But it is definitely on its They did release it, well, they did release um, a big quality of life update, which added a bunch of features that players like you and me have been asking for. Nice. Um, more control over your AI quality improvement. Like you can ping, you can ping your your AI people to go and defend areas and whatnot. Um, but the big news is they finally have a targeted. Date. That word makes me a little nervous. Right. It was either it was either a play on words because of the character we're getting, or Which I'm it's not set in stone. <laughs> I'm hoping it's or it's not set in stone. But we're getting, as of right now, as of the time of this recording, we are getting Kate Bishop, uh, Hawkeye, Lady Hawkeye, whatever you want to call her, the female Hawkeye, Hawkeye's protege, his student, uh, Kate Bishop, is coming to the game on December eighth. Uh, which it'll she'll have her own and and Hawkeye to follow and then Black Panther to follow and Spidey to follow and and it's supposed to who who knows what else I mean additional it continues on the narrative and uh just explodes the story I'm I'm uh we've been I've been optimistic about the whole game the whole time but at the same time my optimism is Tempered by a huge amount of cynicism. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, we 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 had this conversation where it's like, look, if it's a bunch of content, that's great. But if it's not a bunch of content and it's something you can power through in, in an hour or two, that's going to be a problem. That's not going to be enough to sustain anybody. Right. And, and with the issues, you know, and I hope they recognize that at, at 
Crystal and, and, you know, Square Enix. I hope they realize that this has been delayed for a very long time. And that if they don't give players enough to keep them entertained and give them a reason to play the game, they players already have plenty of reasons to not play it. And, and choosing not to play there's it. more reasons. There's more reasons right around the corner. So, right. and I mean, this is make or break for them. Right. So My biggest thing with all we can do is wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. My biggest thing is that. And, and we'll see with this quality of life update if they really have changed some of the core mechanics of the game that have made it absolutely the what what drives me away from the game. Um, in in that coupled with the fact there is no what real really feels like a, a solid end game, at least not a multiplayer end game. They have an end game that allows you to basically farm by yourself and is intended to be by yourself. And it's supposed to be a multiplayer game. Um, Kate Bishop alone, especially if it's a worthless in, with uh, uh, update with no, con no real meat or content, um, without end game, even with a good good rollout of kate bishop i can't see it being a huge desirable game to play because it's like why have so many freaking avenger characters when you can't even play with one other person yeah well they haven't they haven't done the big update to that and i know they keep or saying the they're gear going to, but problems that, yet uh, that's just it it's like how well i'm wondering if that's gonna that? I'm wondering if that's going to roll out with Kate. I mean, I ex I had because... expected to be able to play that. That was one of the things that pulled me to the game. I wasn't going to get it until I thought I'm going to play this with Buddy, and that's that's what made me excited about the damn game is to be able to play it with my buddy. Um, well, sure, and we can, but I mean, how many times are you and I going to grind a tachyon? Rip? Right. <laughs> Or you know, and we or, did. Uh, we spent a couple of nights grinding tachyon rifts, and it was just like, okay, we're getting the same drops every the time. Drop rates. I got how many goddamn exactly. exotics, and you got none. I got one. one. I got one. One total exotic, and you got like four. Yeah. But, and then the gear that I was getting was worse than blues. Like that's the problem. Mm -hmm. That's not like. The, the drops themselves aren't the problem. It's the fact that a blue that is three stars should not be an upgrade over my five-star yellow or red. It shouldn't be. And they need, to, they need to – in no situation. And they need to be like, oh, we need to make this gear obviously better. You know, I don't care if it's a five-star blue. A five-star blue at best should be better than a four-star purple at best. At best. Right. And I say a three-star purple. I, I, That's just me. I would go with that. If you're going to have a color coding telling you the quote-unquote quality of the gear, then it should fucking reflect yeah, that, don't you like, fucking think? And then if you're going to have a have a color coding that gives you a quality of gear and then have a star rating on top of it, which gives you an, a secondary rating of gear level, then you need to define what each one of those means. Well... 
the star rating is how good the skills are, and the blue rating is how good the stats are. Okay, well then make it reflect the goddamn, make it reflect that, you know? Exactly, exactly. So hopefully, I don't know, we'll see, dude. December 8th for me is the last chance I'm giving the game until Spider-Man is released. When Spidey comes out, I will dip in to check out Spidey and dip in then to see the state of the game. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it's We know, worth, you know, there's... Worth picking up and worth continuing, I mean, right? There's, there's other games that have had horribly rocky launches that they've gotten better and improved over time. And in fact, Anthem is being completely reworked. They're trying to salvage Anthem. Well, what's um, really interesting is that... Okay... Marvel, please, if if anybody happens to listen to this that has any connection to Marvel, you know, even if you're just a peon, you know, or somebody that knows just the janitor, I, I don't care. Um, my point is that Anthem is now reworking the game from the ground up to try and save it. When have been for a while, at yeah. Launch, we ultimately said. They needed to work rework the game from the ground up if they want to save it. So don't don't waste time. Don't think you're the I don't know like the the new game that hasn't ever tried this whole. We're just gonna do it kind of it. It's not gonna work if you need to rework the game. You got to say you're gonna rework work the game and then give concessions to anybody who bought it. Go do the damn work, relaunch the game, make sure it's fucking awesome, and then anybody who's bought it, give it to them. Yeah, well, the big problem, I think, on their side is the game is already a huge financial loss. Something like $65 million down the drain. So... I don't know how much faith I have in the developers to keep throwing money at it. Um, they failed Endgame. It might just end up being a. It might just be a failed experiment. And you know what? That sucks. That Avengers is sadly Marvel's is the thing that failed. Marvel's games. They they historically fail. I mean, I have seen so many Marvel video games fail the only one that i can think of that didn't really ultimately fail was uh marvel uh superheroes or whatever it was for the super nintendo or whatever that was like the street fighter game and then then they and eventually when they went marvel versus capcom i think was the original yeah 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 yeah. i know what you're talking about well and i mean it would be unfair I mean, because we have to say Spider-Man, obviously, and now the Miles Morales game have been okay, that's true. massively, incredibly successful and awesome. But yes, for the most part, that is so the true. the Marvel the Marvel video game experience has not translated to anything great. Whereas you compare it to DC, while DC isn't huge in the video game market, they have the, the Injustice franchise. Yeah, Injustice. They have the Arkham franchise. They've got Gotham Knights coming. Uh, DC. They have the Suicide Squad game coming. DC Universe. DC Universe Online. Online. Is still going, and it has been out for. Yep, still going strong. I mean, it's been it's like a it's D, wow for DC fans. 
and it's they got a good setup. I like their setup. I like how they they run the game. Um, I played that one too, um, and so DC has such a more or what has such a, just a better stable of games, um, and they have a better un- understanding. Well, I of think how it's. To, to, I don't know. Um, offer it. Their games aren't really gear based. I mean, not really. You're not looking for. You're not grinding for upgrades or anything like. I mean, a little bit in Injustice too, but not really. Right. Um. Um. DC Online. The big thing is, is they pick. Um. Well, yes, obviously, but I think the big difference in DC is they pick the right developers Mm -hmm. in the same way that Insomniac with Spider Man. Um, they just got it right. But of course they also, any way you look at it, the Spider-Man game draws pretty heavily and pretty blatantly from the Arkham Asylum setup. It really does. Right. Or the Arkham City setup. Yeah. You can see the, you can see the direct influence, but that's fine. If you're going to, if you're going to make a video game and you want that style of the whole, oh, I'm in the city, I'm, I'm doing whatever. Pick the formula that you know is awesome. And I mean, Arkham City got it about as right as any well, fucking game has now, ever gotten. Now, hold on. I, I do want to I do want to time out because uh Spider-Man games um for what was it? The the original I played it on original Xbox. Um Not, oh, like the movie tie-in game? Well, uh, it wasn't yes, but no. Um, let's see what I'm. I'm gonna look it up and see if I can't find it because it was. There's early PlayStation. That's the '90s. Here we go. Which one was it? It would have been... Oh, God. Early 2000s. This is why the episode is so long. Right. Um, and this, is, this is exactly why. And I can't remember exactly. But that was my first experience with the open... Uh, it was very reminiscent of that game and i don't remember which one it was because and it was so long ago um that that i don't so i'm gonna have to look it up and then we can we we can come back to it but the arkham the art batman games the arkham games all reminded me of that first Spider-Man game that I played, because you could go up, you could. I, it was it was New York. It was all and I. It, um, and you could go really anywhere, and it was very much like what the new game is. It's just the new games have the ability that, where the other ones you didn't really interact with your environment. The new this new one, everything you can interact with. It was really cool that way. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'll I'll look for that video game as well. But I mean, 
I see the obvious roots in arc of Arkham Origin in the Spider-Man game. And like I said, that's not a bad thing. I'm not like, no, I'm no. not saying, oh, they plagiarized the game and it's a knockoff and anything. But I mean, you can directly see it. And it's, it's again, not a bad thing. I'm happy with it. I love the Spider-Man game. I love the Arkham games. Absolutely love, 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 love them. Um, but you can definitely, like, again, the influence is there, and it's clear, and it's not a bias. It's no, not anything right. like that. No, absolutely. Um, but, uh, oh, man, rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was Mar- the Avengers. Movie video game. You, yeah. It was the movie No, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not Treyarch. surprised. Treyarch did it. I'm not... Oh, I'm not Treyarch. That's another. That's a quality developer. They know their shit. So anyway, but yeah, that was that was the game that I played. That was really you could go, but they didn't have all the different skins. They didn't have any of that stuff. It was very very much. You just had the. Well, I mean, you look at your. You can play higher quality games on your cell phone today than you could play on your Xbox back then. Right. I mean. You know, they they were limited by technology just like every everything is, you know. I mean, you can only do what you can do. Yep. And as good as that original Xbox was, you know, it had its limits. Right. Nope, it was it was good. And especially if it but was it, yeah, it, and if but if it was if it was an early if it was a tie-in game to to one of the movies, then it was early in the the lifespan of that console too. Yeah, two thousand two so, was when it looks like it, it came out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty early in the in the original Xbox's lifespan. So, yeah, I mean they they only they could only do what they could do, right? And so this but, is so uh, much better. And even and yeah, and Arkham was such a great step beyond what was available in that game, even. Uh, and so that was it's just that op- that open city kind of sandbox feeling that's just really really nice yeah arkham arkham city well all the arkham games but arkham city especially is the shit (laughs) yes it is dude those games were amazing oh masterpiece of a game absolute masterpiece and i mean my personal favorite thing about that game is hey you remember that animated show you watched well here are the voice actors right from that animated show voice acting their same characters in this game so i mean it made it feel like they they took the animated series and and made it more real and put it in a video game right. so i mean i i loved it, it. loved it still do in fact now i'm kind of like i want to go play i'm play Arkham <laughs> shitty but not going to do that we're recording the show, goddamn. Right. We're here to entertain, yes, they, not be entertained. We we have we have a couple things to get to yet. Well, I don't think a couple things we, to get we to. We do, but other than two shows. But is there anything else? No, no. I'm I'm anxious to move on. Me too. I'm sure everybody else is. The too, Broom Boys. Get at the Broom Boys. Broom Boys segment is here. And we have episodes three and four of Mandalorian season two to talk about. Oh, and wow. holy crap. Shit. Probably, I mean, the two most significant episodes of the series, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. Which they, and they might even be dethroned next week. Well, we don't know. Right. We'll find out. But the, the arc that the show is taking the revelations we're getting, They're the the character introductions we're getting, 
There, there is some, yeah, there's stuff coming our way, man. I mean, shit, they're coming fast and heavy. It's like, it started out kind of like, you know, you got your footing and then see the episode two, you got a lot of, a lot of information, but you know, and some good action, but not a whole lot of story progression. And then three hit and it was like, at least not a not overt story progression it was it was you know like what what you hear people criticize lord of the rings god they're sure walking a lot you know there's a lot of walking going on here and that was kind of what episode two was a little bit of episode one but mostly episode two was hey there he's walking to his destination and when he gets there the story will but i feel like episode two was given a little bit more information come episode four and we'll get there because that's the very end of the the whole the whole thing we're the whole show we're doing um it comes and ties it all together if you paid any attention to our last last show um you know what happened episode two if you watched the show you know what happened as episode two with the whole uh, um ice spiders and uh, the passenger it was the name of the show and um yeah the and if you oh, don't know, yeah, go watch, go listen. You know, go watch, go listen. It's all, it's all there. Republic. If you if you don't know, go watch, go listen, and then come back. Yes, yeah. New New Republic. Uh, you know, saved his ass and blah blah blah. Um, but let's see where we start out. From as he's episode, episode three. three. As he's what was the title? What was the title of episode? Oh, that's a good question. You know what? I'm gonna let me let me pull up Diz Plus real I'll quick. I'll let you. I'll let you. Uh, anyway, as we come in, he's he's basically, uh, ba- uh, what limping it along, to, and he ultimately finds what was it a moon with uh, I want to call him. They're not the calamari. <laughs> I want to call him calamari, but. <laughs> Well, no, no. There, so they find uh, the the episode titles aren't on. You have to go into the episode to get the titles. Yeah. So we fucked up. We don't have the titles. We apologize. Um, but yeah, so he he gets to Trask. That's the planet he was hauling the the frog lady to. Uh, and Razorcrest is coming in hot for landing because it's fucked up. And the planet is a seems to be a predominantly water planet. Which I guess kind of makes sense if you're taking a frog lady, you're not going to take her to a desert. But she was on a desert, anyways. Um, but yes, populated by Mon Calamari, uh, like Admiral Akbar, and Quarians, uh, the tentacle, the the squid faced looking guys. Um, which you you know, if you watch any any of the other Star Wars subject matter shows, movies, video games, whatever, you'll see. You'll see those species. Everything looks familiar. Like, oh, I've seen that guy or people like him, you know, or whatever. So, uh, rough landing. <laughs> the razor crest falls into the water. Looks like it's um, called the Eris. Oh, uh, yes. Okay, that makes sense. That would make sense. Uh, given who shows up and what that person wants. Um, but anyway, yeah, lands... The ship uh, falls into the water, gets pulled out. He uh, hires uh, Mon Calamari to fix it as best he can, gives him a bunch of money. Um, and then him and Baby Yoda and Frog Lady go wandering off. She finds her uh, She finds her, her hubby, and that's a nice happy moment. And Mando gets 
pointed in the direction of of other Mandalorians. And and he meets up with a Quarian in the bar or the bartender, the guy that owns the place. He goes, Hey, I need I need I'm looking for Mandalorians and that Quarian sends him to another Quarian. And that guy goes, You're looking for others in Beskar or something like that. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, I can take you to him. It's a couple hours sail. Pays the man. And then they're on a boat. Yeah. And that's, this is, you know, I was wondering. It's like, as they were in the middle of the sea, I was thinking to myself, what if this is like, where are they going that needs to be? It's like they want to get him out on his own. And just as I'm thinking that. Um, he's like, hey, do you want to come see this over here, baby? Come take a look at this. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, no. The 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 setup was really obvious. Right? Really, really, really obvious. Yeah. And uh, so he kicks the baby into the fish monster, and then uh, the Mandalorian jumps in after him. They close the gate, and he's going to die. I mean, he's going to die. Yeah, they're 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 trying to drown him because they want the best car. That's the second time in three episodes we've seen attempts on his life for Just his for armor. His armor. Yeah. We we saw it in the first one and we're seeing it again. Right. Um all of a sudden Beskar is like they're willing to go to any lengths to get their hands on Beskar. Um, well, I heard that, okay, and I was reading, and I don't know if it's it's still accurate as far as the new canon goes, but I guess the best car, it will even stop a lightsaber. Uh, that is that is old old canon rumors, yes, that okay. Mandalorian Steel would defend against a lightsaber. Uh, we don't know for sure. And, I mean, it's not like these guys are under threat of... Lightsabers. Until the dark saber so, comes along, I, they just want. No, I'm talking about the quarries. Oh, yeah. They just want it for the exactly, money. Exactly. Yes. They just want it for the That's money. A huge amount of money. Because um, apparently left. it's 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 rare. It's very valuable. We're rich. <laughs> yep. And then from out of the sky come three familiarly clad in Beskar uh, figures come swooping in and just start fucking dropping bodies oh, dude, they just fuck shit up and then uh, then they get it they obviously uh they they kick everybody's ass and no short order um and pull him out go in after the baby they get the baby it's like yeah they fucking rocked it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I they they yeah, they came in and wrecked fucking shop. And then they, you know, as they reunite Baby Yoda and Mando together, they're they're having a very casual conversation. And off comes and the Mando's helmet. like, I've been looking and off comes the helmets, all three of them. Yeah. And Mando is obviously like, Where wait, wait, hold on. Why are you wearing that armor? And you know, we get this this armor of you know very familiar. If you've watched Battlestar Galactica or Longmire, you recognize the the woman in the middle is Katie Sackhoff, and uh, played Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica. I can't remember her character's name on Longmire. Voice uh, Bo-Katan on the. Clone she Wars. also, 
and Rebels. Voiced Bo-Katan on The Clone Wars and Rebels. And no. now here's her live action debut. And they did they did perfect. Um, I mean, it's like, it looked like Bo-Katan, oh God, dude, dude. It was, and obviously sounded like her. The armor was perfect. Like, it was oh, just like, oh my God, look at. It was amazing. Like, look at what they've done. Right. And. Dude, so I saw, I saw, you know, it might have been a meme or whatever. So, you know, when someone takes a screenshot of a Twitter conversation and then shares it on Facebook, <laughs> there's this one of this of this woman who was like, seriously, why do they have to have boobs on their armor? And uh, it had two replies underneath it. The first one was, Psst, hate to break it to you, but women have boobs. And then the second one was... Um, have you ever tried flattening your boobs under a piece of steel? <laughs> like, <coughs> like, of all the things, like, why? Why? Like, it's not like she's scantily clad. It's like, yeah, her boobs, if she's going to wear armor, her boobs need a spot to go. Sorry. It's like, it's like yeah. Right. Anyway. They need protection, too. Um, and comfort yeah. level is always comes down to one of those things. Otherwise, you could watch, I mean, watch Mulan. And see what she goes through. <laughs> the live action Mulan. Yeah, I mean, they actually, they 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 nail that scene uh, where they show that she how she's wraps herself and the discomfort it ultimately causes her. Um, freaking Shakespeare in Love. What's her name? Gwyneth Paltrow. Freaking binds her breasts. Yeah, yeah. It does mean, armor armor good. has to be functional guys it's got to be functional and guess what they made accommodations so it could be worn for a, a woman doesn't you know? make her not kick as not much the end ass, of the world dude she fucking kicked ass no i mean the first thing first thing you see her do is like she cuts her jetpack and like stomps a dude and then shoots him in the fucking head <laughs> i loved it Oh, they were badass. But anyways, helmets come off. Mando, Mando, where did you get that armor? This armor's been in my family for three generations. But you're not Mandalorian. She goes, I was born on Mandalore. I, you know, I, I, I fought in the Purge and blah, blah, blah. Introduces herself. I'm Bo-Katan. Does not introduce her companions, but that's fine. Um, You know, he Mando is still stuck on the whole helmet coming off thing and... <laughs> And, uh, and this is where you, you know she learn explains about Mando. You learn where he, what his and the and, origins are, and the Mandalorians yeah. and the Mandalorians. Like this is this is what people have been saying is a plot hole for a while. Now gets patched. Yeah. Um. No, you're 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 in a cult, dude. Basically, is Mando is in a cult of zealots mm-hmm. <laughs> who you're a cultist, you know buddy. follow. He's a cultist, essentially. I mean, not in a negative way, but um, she goes, you're a child of the Watch. And, I mean, I'm assuming they mean the Death Watch? Uh, no, no, right? no. Uh, Death Watch was a branch off of the Watch, but not the Watch. The, the Watch and the Death Watch were two different, I think, ideologies. Because ultimately, the Watch is looking for, the, looking for Mandalore. Um, and in the meantime, they adhere to the principles of the man, the the original first generation Mandalorians, which is where the why the the foundlings and all that. Meanwhile, um, you have uh, 
ultimately where the the, the man the actual Mandalore the Mandalorians with the planet and then there's the two factions of them with Vizsla and what's her name uh, Sabine's sister um, and um, Bo-Katan ultimately sides with what originally the the Death Watch was, which was common to I think the Mandal uh, like to the the Watch's ideas, but they didn't believe in and discretion and keeping themselves hidden or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly. Somebody correct me uh, and and tell us really what it is because I could go look it up and read it all again, but. That doesn't seem like the best idea right now, so I'm gonna avoid that and, and research it while we're we're you know off air. But um, when I looked into it before, it was sort of like um, there was a division, and I don't remember whether the Death Watch was formed with the with the idea of what the Watch was in mind, and when they named it, and that that could be it, or if it was a splinter of the the Watch that ultimately wanted to be involved in the man uh the the world and politics and and all that again um and so they left to do that but i know that the death watch is an elite fighting organization and then you have inside the death watch uh bokatan specific um troops or uh what uh unit um, and that what what was it the the owl? Oh God, what were they? I don't remember the exact name for for them, but it, owl was something in there. The night owl or uh... okay. Well, let's not get let's not get hung up on right. That. <laughs> it's there's a whole lot of lore that's behind it, and the whole, all of the her the painting and uh, imagery on her armor is involved in ultimately her her unit her the the sect of the death death watch that she founded that ultimately broke off from Vizsla and the death watch when Vizsla killed her sister or something like that right 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 yes 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 so you know um Mando's basically like, well, you're not real Mandalorians. You know, there's only one way, the way the Mandalorian, he scoops up Baby Yoda and goes jetpacking off the boat, gets back to the town. They didn't get very far before they tried to kill him. Yeah, he was um, just like there, and, and it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh, crap, he's going to get in another fight right now. Yeah, and you, you see, he watches the boat explode, and you see the other Mandalorians jetpack off. Um... And he goes walking. I mean, we don't know where to. Maybe just back to his ship. Um, and he's confronted by a bunch of Quarians who was like, you killed my brother, so we're going to kill your pet. And then Bo-Katan again rides into the rescue with her other Mandos. No, I killed your brother. <laughs> they kill the sh- I killed your brother, and they kill the shit out of those guys. <laughs> and then she says, hey, can we buy you a drink? Which at this and point he agrees to it. So they're talking. Yeah. Right. So they're talking and she, you know, he tells Bo-Katan, I'm looking for the Jedi because uh, I have this foundling and I need to return him to his people and his people are the Jedi. 
And she goes, well, what do you know about the Jedi? And he goes, literally nothing. I know nothing about the Jedi. I'm looking for Mandalorians to help me. And she's like, well, hey, I'll help you if you help us. You know, we got a a, a quid pro quo going on here. And so there's an Imperial transport. And it's got weapons that they want because the Mandalorians want to take back Mandalore. So they need to attack this transport and capture the weapons. And they need Mando's help to get it done. So Mando drops Baby Yoda off with the fish lady and her hubby, and uh, which at this point Baby Yoda is excited to see the the tank of eggs, <laughs> right? And he's like, Mando's like, no, um, and but you see one hatch at this point in time too. They have that one in the bowl, right? Yeah. Yes, and yes, yes, and and he uh, Baby Yoda then is like, oh, I got a little friend here. And Doesn't try and eat him. He likes a little. Doesn't try to eat him. He likes the little tadpole. Although, you see Baby Yoda get attacked by things trying to eat him like three times during this episode. So that's like karma karma coming back on him a little bit here. Um, so Mando goes off with Bo-Katan and her band to take down this transport. And, uh, I mean, it's it's very easy for them. The firefight. They, uh, yeah, just they're just... Go- tearing through it except for once they get to the point where they got to take the bridge that was actually i like how i like how that scene was directed um the the bridge like the fight for the bridge you know what i'm talking about yeah well i mean the whole the whole fight in the interior is excellent Mm -hmm. um and you get to see you know like they're throwing smoke grenades and using the thermal vision in their helmets you really see to, how the um, skill of the the Bo-Katan and her her Mandalorians, and I felt a little bit at that point in time like the Mandalore, like uh, uh, who were normal, who, who the Mando wasn't pulling his own right there. Like he just seemed to be kind of following, and the one that was kind of out of place. I don't know. Is that weird? Uh, I mean, he seemed like he was maybe following their lead a little bit where, so, you know, they get to the weapons hold and the, you know, the weapons are, uh, you know, there's, they're big, like cannon looking things. Mm -hmm. And Mando goes, well, Hey, here's a, here's a couple of cases, you know, this will, um, this will, this will do ya. And she goes, oh, no, we're taking the whole ship. no, 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 we're, we're taking the whole ship. And he goes, that wasn't part of the deal. And then she goes, uh, this is the way and goes stomping off. And so, you know what? He's like, all right, well, I guess I'm in. Right. I feel like um, she has an understanding of him in some ways. And if she did, if the, if the watch and the death watch are anywhere, you know, they're similar into beliefs. I think she has an understanding of him that he, you know, that he doesn't think she has. Um, but yeah, no, she has, I think, full insight into his culture and his beliefs. Yeah. I, I think she's very, very familiar with them. Um, it, and it was very obvious that she was. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, but he, he you know, he, he falls into line and all right. Let's do this. <laughs> she said the and, right words um, at the right time. 
and you know and meanwhile we are seeing back and forth communication between the captain of the <laughs> ship played by Titus Welliver um who you know you've probably seen in a bunch of other things he's been in I mean in movies and TV series for a very long time he's a wonderful actor um it's one thing I love about these episodes is how just people who you know are just popping in. Now, whether this is like a deal where he's like, can I be on the show? Or they're like, you would be perfect for this. And they asked. I don't know. Um, All I know is but yeah, how it's he just, was able to convey both the dread and understanding of what was coming and his and his anxiety and all those kind of things. He's pensive. Yet at the same time, how how thoroughly and without question he followed order those two things i mean were direct yes, conflict of each other within the within him and you saw that conflict but it never cry i mean his tra- his his questions never crossed his training or whatever it was like it was yeah i mean he acted so i well. mean he he was a thoroughly professional military man. And you see him contact Moff Gideon. Um, And yeah. And Moff Gideon says, Hey, so what's the status? You're being attacked by the same pirates that have done other attacks. He goes, yeah. And he goes, well, what's the status of the ship? And he's like, they're, they're coming to the bridge. They're coming for the bridge. And he's like, all right, well, you know what to do. Uh, long live the empire and then hangs up and then he goes long live the empire and then he shoots the two pilots and puts the ship on a collision course he's going to crash the ship so it doesn't get captured um bo-katan and and mando and the others notice hey the ship is diving now and they're getting they're pinned Um, down and this is like one of my favorite and yes i love this one right here heavy heavy fire coming from the crew defending the bridge rapid fire like full auto blaster fire and this this explains how freaking durable the best car is yeah, and they, they need to do something because the ship's going to crash. So, so Mando. Mando throws, like, s- smoke grenades or something to that effect, you know, and has to get very close. Apparently, he's not he doesn't have a good throwing arm, um, but has to get very close and is just just pelted. And he runs down just with like, fire the whole like way. He starts running towards the freaking the, the bridge door, and he arms three of the thermal detonators. And yeah, and and wings them in and takes them yeah, out. Oh, he took so many freaking shots. And mean, but oh, so many hits, yeah. dude. So many hits. Crazy. And and then yeah, and then but they get onto the bridge and Mando and was it Sasha Banks's mm-hmm. character? Um, start start pulling the start leveling the ship out. They're both they're yanking on the controls. Um. And Bo-Katan confronts the captain and is asking some very, very, very specific questions about an object we've seen. She wants to know where Moff Gideon is with the Darksaber. And the captain, again, professional military man, does not knows he's, his life is, you know, knows he's screwed. But doesn't give up any information. Nope. Stands stands firm. Doesn't give into interrogation. And he goes, if I if 
if if you're looking for and if you're talking about what I think you're talking about, he'll kill me if I say anything. And she goes, well, you know, we'll let you go or whatever. And he's like, no, he will kill me and, you know, decides to do it himself. And mm-hmm. I mean, bites down, I guess, on the Star Wars equivalent of cyanide. Yeah, he had like a cyanide like he electrocutes kind of himself. And yeah, he's just done. Yeah. There. Done. Done. So. And. They, you know, level, so they level, count. They commandeer the freighter. Yep, level out the freighter, and you see, this is when Mando goes up to Bo-Katan, and he, she, he's like the name, and she says, "I think at this point in time, before she even really totally gives him the name, uh, is this isn't this the point where she ultimately tells him? Is it the?" Does she say the name first? She she tries. She's first? like, no, she's he he he's she's like you should come with us. We could use you. And he's like, I have to finish my mission first. And, and she goes on the planet of Corvus in the city. I can't remember the city name or go to the planet of Corvus. And in this city, there you will find Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. And, that <laughs> and at that point, freaking woo! Right? all the shit, everybody goes crazy. Freaking uh, Kevin Smith went absolutely nuts. Oh man! Oh Costa yeah, Kevin put out a spoiler tweet and got yelled at by the entire internet. And he didn't even, as um, far including as I know, me. He only said he really only said a so he, like he only said a, her name, right? What, what he what he said was like I can't remember the whole tweet, but he was basically just expressing excitement of that Ahsoka is coming. But you know, I mean, he said it at like eight o'clock in the morning west coast time and you know even with the pandemic going on a lot of us still have jobs and a lot of us don't just get up and turn on the tv and start streaming the newest show because of this though because of because of his tweet i went and i specifically watched the episode just so i could tell buddy whether or not he actually truly ruined the episode and the news was no he didn't (laughs) Well, well, no, he didn't. But how much cooler would it have, have been to go into that episode with a blank slate? I don't know. I was good. and hear that and hear that name and hear that. I name. was totally good. <laughs> and he, I, well, I was totally good too. But I would have been better had I not known. But anyways, right. let's be it, on the it's point. an individual. He, de- he deleted the tweet. He, <laughs> he he realized he fucked up and he deleted the tweet. Anyways, but the damage had been done. So, you know, Mando uh, Mando goes back for, for the well, baby. Well, at this point and... in time, though, Bo-Katan looks at him and says, you know, and, and completely lays a huge amount of praise on him. She's like, what you've done here today, it, you know, she uh, she's like, it won't be forgotten. And, it, you know, it will be, uh, um, you'll be remembered. And then, and parts with him again a second time. This is the way, and then he even rep- only only this time said with said with formality and respect. Yeah, and then he and he returned it. So they had this moment of of understanding between Mandalorians and him as Zealot, her uh, from you know Death Watch kind of side, and so it was really kind of it was a moment a moment kind of thing for in Mandalorian culture. Uh, and then, then he takes off, but it definitely, I like yeah, the he, he the respect gets, they had for each other at that. 
Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm certain we'll see her another time at least in this season, or at least I hope we do. Um, but yeah, no, he he gets Yoda, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, not Yoda, baby Yoda, and they uh, they get in the the Razor Crest, which is nowhere near <laughs> as fixed up as he thought it was going to be. That boards and, and he goes. He tells the kid. He tells the kid, "Hey, I know, I know where we need to go now." And you know, we get a little scene with another critter trying to attack Baby Yoda. It's killed. Yoda, Baby Yoda eats it, and that's where the episode ends. Uh, wonderful episode, hugely significant. Directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, by the way. Um, Fabulous job. She did neat little Easter egg. Oh, she's a fantastic director. I I I love her acting and I love her yep. directing. She's just wonderful. Um and we've we've talked about that quote that she said in the in the Disney galleries where she said, you know, you know, is a Star Wars Star Wars is for everybody. It's not it's not my vision of Star Wars or it's not my Star Wars, it's everybody's. And just beautiful beautiful sentiment about about Star Wars. Uh, she gets it. That's just how I. She understands. Like in the same way Favreau and Filoni and Taika Waititi, she gets yeah. it. But uh, neat little Easter egg is, um, her dad Ron Howard, Opie from Happy Days, um, directed a movie called Apollo Thirteen about a real life. You know the Apollo mission where they had. Horrible mechanical failures, weren't able to complete their mission, basically had to limp back to Earth. Um, and, you know, he directed when the when the pod was, or the capsule or whatever, was re-entering Earth. You know, he'd had some very specific shots showing that. And she mimicked those shots with the Razor Crest landing, like paying a little tribute Easter egg to her, her dad. Which I thought that was right. Cool. That was yeah, and I liked those that those reentry scenes. Actually, those were some really really good. I mean, really nice scenes. I like the with the how how it reentered was very realistic. So now now I understand why. <laughs> yeah, no, wonderful episode. Um, but but dude, on to the next one, episode. F- Four. Oh, ho, ho. Okay, uh, you four. got the do you got the title? Do you got the title handy, um, or can you find the I title can find real quick the title while really I quick. so so set us because we we're we enter basically right at the same point and he's like telling Baby Yoda uh, we're we're not gonna we're well, not gonna make it we have to stop so well hold on though but we gotta while you're looking for that we gotta talk about the part before that where I think anybody who's a parent can relate. To what we see on screen is Mando is trying to get the hyperdrive, it would seem. He's trying to get the hyperdrive to engage so they can get to Corvus. And you see him talking over his shoulder. Do you have the wire? Do you have the wire? And you're like, what the? Who? No, he's not. Is he having Baby Yoda help him fix the fucking ship? <laughs> yes, and sure as shit, he goes into this, he goes into this little access. And Baby Yoda is like down this little, little corridor. With wires in his hands, and Mando is, you have to take this wire to there. Yeah, plug the red no, no, wire no. in. That wire blue. to there. You pl- unplug the blue. Why, red wire to blue. Blue wire to red. Don't touch them. They, no, you have to. No, that wire. Don't put that in your mouth. That wire. Hey, wait. No, don't touch those. those. Touch and then together. so Baby Yoda doesn't get it. 
And then he connects them and he gets a little shocked and he's like, well, that was worth a shot. You okay, kid? And I mean, any anybody who's a parent gets that. You just now, get that. This this episode was uh, directed by Carl Weathers, right? This episode was directed by Carl Weathers, yes. Oh, and another amazing episode. Another ma- amazing episode. But now, so yeah, so he... I mean, I this this isn't his first time directing. I guess he's directed a bunch of things. I had no idea that he was that he was oh. a director. No, um, I didn't know that. Anyway, this one's called but, The Siege, by the but, way. Yeah, I'm going to have to I'm going to look up his directing credits at some point. But yes, he did an amazing job directing yeah. this episode definitely one of my favorites um, so far um called the siege the siege yes uh so after they're not able to get the hyperdrive running you see mando eating uh and well mando and baby yoda eating and mando's lifting up his helmet just enough to get the cup to his lips and you hear like the air release whenever he lifts the helmet up and then you hear it seal again it's kind of cool uh-huh. kind of a neat little touch i thought yep. And, but you also see Baby Yoda is trying to peek. He's trying to peek up under that helmet to see. <laughs> see his face. Because he's never seen his face. No, right? Baby Yoda has never seen Mando's face. No, no. Nobody has at this point. Well, except for IG-11. Yeah, yeah, which is... We all know what IG-11's fate ended up being. Um, yeah. I miss IG. Yeah. So, but he basically says, hey, we're not going to make it to Corvus with the ship in this condition. We need to get repairs. How would you like to go back to Navarro? And Navarro is obviously the planet we've spent the most time on in the series. And he's excited to go back. <laughs> he's like, yeah. And he is, yes, he's very excited to go back. And Razor, the Razor Crest comes in and lands. Uh, oh, wait, but hold on. But we we got the scene with, with Cara Dune first. Yeah. She's. Before he, before he, she's the marshal now. And, and we see some. Some nasty, nasty looking. Spidery like. It's a species we've seen before, but I can't. I I don't know the name of the, the of the species place. off the top of my head. They are in the old coven too. That was interesting as well as they've taken over the old Mandalorian coven is like their bandit hideout, and they've got a bunch of booty from their their nefarious activities and whatever. Um, but then our girl Cardoon comes in and wrecks shop. Saves a little meek rat. And saves a little rat that they're going to eat. Um, you know, takes out all the bad guys. Uh, loads up all the stuff and says, hey, I got to get this stuff back to who it belongs to. And then we go Razor Crest Landing. And it's greeted by Carl Weathers and uh, and Kara. So Grief, Grief Karga and Kara Dune. Uh, come out to greet him, and he says, "Hey, do I have good credit here?" Doesn't even open. Did you way. fix my ship? His yeah, it doesn't even open all the way. The hatch is like halfway so down. Yeah. Down. <laughs> oh, dude, such. I mean, like, means nothing in the story, but in the visual of like, okay, the Razor Crest is just effed up. It does so. Yeah, it does, it does, they do such a great job visually telling the story. I wonder if that's because they have to deal with the. No mass or no face with the the lead so much that they've gotten really accustomed to telling story telling some of the story through visual cues and not so much uh, like like or or su- like secondary visuals rather than the main visual like the face would be like and what what 
the emotions on the face and they they have to do it with inflection of the voice or or body language and things like that and i wonder if that's even progressed now and to start getting into environmental ways like okay we're telling the story about the razor crest well the razor crest fucked up we got we're going to tell the story of the razor crest and how are we going to explain that a little bit more and really elevate the visual story as much as they can yeah just i mean just a neat little touch the visual story um we we get a yeah and we get a, a very happy reunion um on all on all four parts everybody's happy to see everybody Grief is especially happy to see Baby Yoda. Like crazy happy. Um, At first, I was wondering. Like crazy about... happy. Like it's like a like a grandpa being like, "Give me my grandson," right? sort of it thing. Was, you know, it was like, "Can wait? Can we? Can we trust grief?" And yeah, you can. Ah, yeah, completely. Every every yeah, time I wondered yeah, he's, about it, he he's fully he's fully in the camp. He's he's on team Baby Yoda. Um. And they go, uh, they go a walking in the town, and uh, you know they're like, uh, you know, you can see Navarro is rather bustling. It seemed a lot, a lot busier than it was previously. A lot of trade, and I don't know. Did you notice this? Say yes or no when I when I tell you. Did you see the statue to IG Eleven? Yes. In the background, that was really freaking right? cool. They're like the hero. They made they raised a statue to IG eleven on Navarro. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, I mean, um, it was yeah, right. It, it was it was such a nice touch. But again, this gets into the visual storytelling that they're doing uh, on top of all of the initials, the 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 main storytelling. The visual stuff is like the secondary story of all of these changes and how things have grown and I, I i am really beginning to appreciate how they utilize the the subtext or the subs sub visuals in it to progress a huge amount of the world's storyline and the, the secondary plots and stories yeah no indeed i thought that was cool just yet another awesome mm-hmm. touch um but they go to grief's shop or place of business or whatever. And we see, uh, what was, God damn it. Mir, Mir, Merkel, Merkel. Oh, that fish. The blue guy. The fish guy. The the blue guy that we see Mando capture in the very first episode of the show, (laughs) um, is now clerking for grief to pay off his debt. Cause apparently he swindled a bunch of money. Um, and does that, that makes me wonder, was grief the one that put the bounty out on him It I, that Mando collected? I'm kind of wondering at this point. I mean, like really, I, I, I kind of wonder if it, it would make sense. Right? And so I, I, I think you're right. I think it is. I just really think it is. And I don't think they were, I think it was also why the Mando was probably instructed to take him alive unless you can help it, because yeah, unless you have no other choice, he spent a whole lot yeah, of time him in alive. convincing him that he needed to just come alive. Where I don't feel like he gave that much consideration to a whole lot of other people. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. 
So makes yeah, me feel I feel like, like the for the most part, he takes whatever. I feel like he takes whatever the path of least resistance is, mm-hmm. for the most part. But yeah. um, you see them walk over to what used to be the bar, where they, you know, where they were doing their their guild business, and then where they had their last stand mm-hmm. against um, against Gideon's. Oh, excuse me, against Gideon's forces. Mm-hmm. Now it's a school. Yeah. Being taught by a by a, a C uh, by a three PO unit. Yep. Um, and they say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna leave the kid here." And Mando objects, of course. He goes, "Where he goes, I go, or where I go, he goes." And they're like, "No, you don't. Where we're going, you don't want him there." Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "He will be safe. Trust me. He he'll be safe. Here. He'll be well taken care of." And they leave him. And then we get a neat little scene with everybody's kind of checking out this new thing that's come to be in their classroom for a little bit and baby yoda sees the kid next to him is eating like blue oreo cookies basically mm-hmm. and he is begging hey dude give me give me one of those i want, I want cookie 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 and you know the kid refuses to share mm-hmm. it's not a problem for a little force user though is it no he just takes and it and he force just force grabs the cookies and you know and they're my cookies now which and you know the kid oh go ahead sorry which no 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 wait no, well no. it what you were you were it, say? really at this point in time that my first which the kid was obviously like it wasn't he he was like what the fuck um but my thing about this was at that moment in time is i'm a little bit curious i mean obvious we're getting a whole lot more interaction of of this baby yoda and it's acting a whole lot more childlike than any time we've seen it before so you're getting really a huge impression of just how how childlike it is um but did you between episode two um not so much episode three, just because you didn't have a whole lot of chances other than where he's eating the things that were trying to eat him. But mainly with through episode two, he's eating the offspring constantly, even though and once he figures out even what they are after being told and all those kind of things, he's still eating these these eggs. And here's another time, another point where you see him, he decides that he wants something and he uses his force powers to take what he wants. Um, the force choke that he used against, uh, who was it in the, 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 oh, was it the jailbreak episode? Oh no, which, he, he force choked Kara. Kara. That's it. Yeah. When, when Kara and Mando were arm wrestling, he, he thought Kara was trying to hurt him and she, he force, force choked her. And <coughs> at, at first when I was seeing the force choke, it's like instinctual. Oh, he just, he did. It's like that. I'm starting I'm starting to see there two sides of conflict arising almost in this in in the baby in the sense that you obviously have the good baby but then you do you have this other baby that is starting to to recognize that when he wants things he's just taking them and now you got him not just taking them like in the sense of the eggs but now he's like well you can't keep this from me if I can't get you to give it to me and I can't reach it. I'm going to take it with the force. 
And so it's like, it, it, while it's just a kid, and you're like, well, that's not what it is. That's not its intent. But you can see, it, you know, it being a parent, it's like if your kid goes for the cheesy puffs, and you don't stop them, you just let them have the cheesy puffs, and then you continuously let them keep having the cheesy puffs, and then finally he get becomes a monster about the cheesy puffs, wanting them, uh, you know, at all times, and you're fighting him about no you can't have cheesy puffs right now it's nine o'clock in the morning you need to have this or you need to have that or it's midnight no you can't have cheesy puffs <clears throat> and he, you your kid throws a fit well what's this childlike force user gonna do when it can't have what it decides it wants um so it's an interesting question, and it it might be um, it might be a a point for later in the right? show. So while we're seeing these innocent moments right now, if they continue with the innocent moments, it's going to turn into not so innocent moments later on. And so I'm curious how the story is well, going to handle it, whether they are not. It's I I can't say that I believe that the writers or anybody would be so short-sighted as just to put this in there because they think it's funny to watch baby Yoda do these things. Well, I think they're adding, well, I mean, it was, yes, funny. right. It was funny. I, I did too. I right. And while they're adding humor to it, I mean, here's, I think it also here's is, the thing. Uh, they're not so short-sighted to say there's not repercussions for this cute, funny behavior. Well, I mean, one might say that that makes it all the more important for baby Yoda to be handed over to the Jedi. Absolutely. To teach the kid, to teach the kid what's right and wrong with how to use this. So we may be coming up against that wall rather quickly um, with the introduction here. This at some point this season, we're going to get Ahsoka. I don't know if it's going to be next week. I don't know if it's going to be further down the road. I'm pretty pretty sure we will see her next Me week too? because Dave Filoni directs next week. Oh, okay, week's. okay. Um, but anyway, we're we're talking about yeah. this week. Anyway, so that was my thing about that moment show. where he takes where he takes the cookies. I'm like, I no, thought, I, oh, I had I had the same thoughts. I was like, that's not gr- very Jedi like. But but at the same time, go baby Yoda, get them damn cookies. It's hard to judge. It's a kid. He, I mean, he's acting like a yeah, two-year-old. Yeah, very much so. You know, I. But yes, I know. But one, two, you you hear two, you think terrible two, right? You know, are we going to see a temper tantrum where Baby Yoda starts like knocking down a building because he doesn't get his way? I don't know. He behaves for Mando. Yeah, he behaves very well for Mando, and we've seen him use his powers for good far more than we've seen him use them for bad. So. He's used him a lot but to anyway. save Mando's life. Um, and, and grief. And grief. He yeah, saved that's right. life. That's right. I forgot about that. He saved all their lives. Yeah. He saved everybody's lives when the flamethrower mm-hmm. guy came yep. in. Yep. Um, so anyway, so we'll definitely have to see which direction, I mean, or what the point of of this, of the whole bad baby is. But I think, I feel like there's... There's a reason they're doing it. It's going to come to a head at some point in time, probably the Ahsoka episode or shortly after. But at this point in time, it's you, you got to look at it like cute baby. 
<laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, so they get um, in the... Did you notice that this speeder, unlike Luke's speeder, the is uh, driver's seat's on the right? And it's got four engines, but hold on, we're jumping oh, ahead yeah, a little sorry. bit. I apologize. Is they, they basically, they say, hey, you know, we have, there's one little Imperial remnant here still on Navarro. And it's just a tiny little base. We want to we want to take it out, because if we take that out, then they have no more presence on Navarro, and we we will have full control. Mm-hmm. And so you know, Mando agrees. He's like, "All right, let's do this." And then yeah, so them the three are three main heroes, and uh, the fish, the guy, fish guy load <laughs> up in a speeder and go cruising off to this Imperial base, which. They have told Mando it should be mostly deserted. Uh, shouldn't we shouldn't have much in the way of resistance, and just you know, you know really going to be quick and easy, and then on yeah, way. milk run. It'll be cake. It'll be cake. And you get a, so they get there. Well, you get a, a lot of uh, kind of fun scenes at this point in time of just kind of uh, the what's this the fish guy and and uh, grief trading things back and forth. Well, uh, I don't, how about I not take you so far? How about I cut another hundred years off your sentence <laughs> and things like that. This constant back. And I liked the, I, I, their dynamic was, was entertaining. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yeah. Their dynamic was great. And you know, they get to, uh, they get to a door at the base of the, of the base, the I guess, lava the, flat, in the bottom, lava they're in, field or in the lava, the lava flat, yeah, in, in a canyon or whatever. They can't get the door open. They start welding on it. Mando goes, "I'll, you guys stay here. I'll be right back." <laughs> and Mando goes jetpacking up, and the next thing you know, a stormtrooper. You hear some, you hear blaster, and then a stormtrooper. <laughs> and then apparently the door is biometric because it opens for the stormtrooper. <laughs> um, and then they. They begin their infiltration of the base. They find the the reactor that they're looking for, so they can overload the or overheat the base and cause it to explode. Um, they dump the they dump the coolant and they're on their. They dump the coolant really, and, and then yeah, right. no no real hiccups other than obviously that first little bit uh, at the the loading dock, and then uh, they. The, the security offers, officer that they t- took out are really quick. And after that, n- no real altercations. I mean, it's really a smooth job. But you notice really quickly on, I mean, Mando even says it. You said there wasn't there was only supposed to be a skeleton crew. Why are there so many fucking troops here? Um, yeah, there's a lot of storm. You see a, them ducking and hiding from a lot of stormtroopers. And then eventually... They're discovered and uh, and a battle ensues, um, and they're fighting their way through the base. And you know, you see the the people in command of the base are like, "Oh, hey, you know, like we have sensitive data here. We need to purge. You know, let's get let's get the troops rolling to to take out this threat. And meanwhile, we'll prepare to purge the data bank so it doesn't get captured." Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, they they bust in. On these two purging the data <laughs> uh, technicians, yeah. scientists, whatever you want to call them, working away at their at their computer, and then they they're like, "Oh crap! We'll just shoot it. Shoot the console. Shoot destroy the console. It, destroy it." One of them starts one of them starts shooting at our heroes and is quickly killed, and then the other one's blasting the console. 
um, thinks he's got the job done, turns the blaster towards the heroes, and then he gets dropped. Um, and it's at this point in time you get one of the biggest... I well, This was one of my ocean I mean, moments. Maybe the biggest? Probably. Probably the biggest revelations we've had in the show so far. Right. right along uh, they the find a recording. Well, this is the first yeah. you get the background cut. And you get that little tease. Yes. Where you're like, wait a second. Is yes. that a Snoke clone? Is that a fucking Snoke well, clone? Well, I... Spoiler. I, could, I don't know if it's a clone. I don't know if it's Snoke or not, but it's definitely a cloning tank. And dude, I swear um, I had the scar on the forehead. I mean, I'll look again. I look will again. definitely go back and look again. Tell me, correct um, me if I'm wrong again, you know, everybody. But I, I swear that was a that was a Snoke, and I have I have a theory about this. Buddy knows that, and we'll get into that after this episode. So we wrap up, but. Yeah, I, that was my when I first saw it. I was like, "Wait a second, that was was that Emperor? Was that Palpatine's failed? Was that what that Snoke?" And then we get to the message. They they find a recording from Doctor Pershing from the he was in episode one and three of the first season, where you hear him talking about experiments they've been doing with you know blood transfusion and how they're the the people they're they're testing on are rejecting the blood and you know they can't continue because the subject was so small they were only able to take so much blood and they could look for another donor but they doubt they can find one with as high of an m count now, if As you're him. a Star Wars fan, you know what M count is in referencing. That's right. Midi Calorians have made their return. Midi Calorians. <laughs> so, you know the the potential Snoke sighting aside. <coughs> we um, you know, we learn why Gideon wants baby yoda he he's trying to essentially create an army or be able he's trying to artificially infuse people with the force is my take Mm -hmm. including himself maybe possibly right it's hard to say this gets this gets into my theory and and how it ultimately all plays out i think he's actually he is trying to infuse people with the force but i think what he's trying to do is ultimately create a way to create a a, the perfect um host for the emperor this is it's for palpatine um and i mean i think that's a perfectly valid theory and so it's why they need the subject with a high m count to try and figure out how to do it because i i think the other part of the whole scenario that you have going on why palpatine this whole thing isn't working this time is they've the the clone sample that they have from palpatine or the original blood samples all of those have deteriorated palpatine is older than we know he is and so i think 
though that his sample has deteriorated it's why he you're getting snoke clones and failed clones um they went over it in the clone wars with the bad batch um and so since he doesn't have any viable clones that can handle the amount of force power which is the midichlorian midichlorian level um and at that point in time so he's working on trying to find a way to infuse a body to increase the uh, the midichlorian count so it can ultimately handle the force um the power that is the emperor's soul that's my theory i mean it's just as valid as any other theory out there um i mean i yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I definitely got the impression, though, from a scene that comes later, um, that he's trying that he's creating something for his own use because we see a lot of black clad figures at the end of the episode, and you get the feeling like this is his pet project, like he's trying to create some sort of super soldiers. Um, but anyway, I, I think you're right. I think they're force the, soldier, for engineered soul, you know, clone force. Yeah. Soldiers or whatever. I mean the 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 bigger or the biggest takeaway for at least for our heroes, they don't have the the insight that we do, is they discover that Moff Gideon is still alive. They assumed he was killed in his TIE Fighter crash mm-hmm. at the end of season one. And this rocks Mando's world. Yes, because Baby Yoda is in a school undefended. And so he, they go, jetpack back. You'll get there quicker. Go, 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 go. Go get the kid. We'll get out of here. And so Mando goes on his way to is get out. Is this the first time where we and don't actually follow Mando? Not Yeah, this is the longest time that we spend away from Mando. Like we, um, follow, we actually follow in the Reef, series by uh, far. Kara and, and Fishman. For a little bit. And yeah, like well, so we, we, we watch his escape mm-hmm. from the Imperial base. And one thing I thought was really interesting about his escape mm-hmm. is did you notice how many blaster hits he was taking? These stormtroopers could shoot. That was another thing that I'm kind of wondering. Okay, now tongue-in-cheek, he's trying to engineer this perfect soldier. And I think his thought is, well, if I pump them full of M count, maybe they'll stop missing. And I think it works. Look at the black soldiers at the end of that episode. They weren't missing, man. It's all about M count. And so, you know, the white soldiers oh, have a low... Or maybe... <laughs> or... Or... What, are, what if these stormtroopers are clones? Like... What if they're clones? from from Django what if they're clone troopers cuz they didn't have any problems hitting their targets no um what if these are leftover clones from the clone wars or what if they're not even leftover clones from the clone wars what if he start what if he, what if he found a new sample maybe it's possible but yeah the whatever for whatever reason these stormtroopers could shoot and you see mando take hits of course his armor stops it um <clears throat> but yeah, you see him. You see him get out of the base, jet and out the way, jet out the gr- the cooling tube that they <laughs> they're blowing up. It's <laughs> actually 
Yeah, and 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 Grief and Kara and the fish guy are fighting their way out of the base. They're almost back to the elevator. Um when stormtroopers come pouring out of that elevator. And and they're in a little bit of a tough spot, but Kara, you know, being a soldier doesn't have much quit in her. Sees the troop transport from the last episode of the of the first season. You know, the the one that we've talked about so much. It was only a toy until, you know, it appeared in the Mandalorian and here it is again. And they commandeer it to make their escape and they go they go rocketing off. And you just see how badass the, just just tr- 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 transport fucking is, dude. Oh, it's tough. It's tough, it's... man. And they land on on Fishman's speeder, much to his dismay. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, they go hauling as fast as that thing can move down a canyon. But then we get some, some evil Knievel-style action from... So- from scout troopers on their on their speeder bikes and they go they follow go flying off the off the out of the off the base and down the canyon wall make it down (laughs) yeah a couple of them don't make it Um, but uh you know did you wonder why she was able to drive the thing so well i mean no i think i think a lot of things do you think there's standardized controls i don't think there's i don't think there's much propriety in in controlling these things i think any any and this is this is kind of a rule for life but it's especially a rule um not necessarily in the military but you, there's no need to make something complicated unless it needs to be complicated you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so something like a troop transport that doesn't need to be something that's complicated to drive. So you're going to make those controls as simple as possible. Right. So I think there's. I just was noticing none you know, of the I buttons mean, were labeled, and she was she knew what she was pushing. Man, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, I I think there's I think there's a, a standard set of controls. It might have some variation here and there, but I I think for the most part. You know, just assume that these guys can hop in and say, well, that's obviously this, that's obviously that, you know, and whatever. Um, My The only reason I, I, I say it is because I still, I'm I'm on the side of slowly coming to uh, a belief that Cardoon is uh, an assumed name. It's not who she really is. Uh, I mean, it's possible. But here, let me, let me hit you with this. Hit me um, with the truth ball. The truth wiener. Well, it's not. It's not a. It's not a, a truth. Anything. It's just a, a perspective. Okay. Um. Now you, I know, have a driver's license because I've been in cars with you. You know how to drive a car. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you ever driven a Ferrari? No. Or a Corvette. Uh, I'd be a little bit worried because they have the they have a twelve uh, the twelve gear shift or whatever. Like yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. Semi yeah. would but anyway, me because of the sixteen gears or whatever it has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I have a Ford Escape, mm-hmm. and I can hop in there and drive it. But I can also hop into my buddy's Corvette and drive that because I've done that. <laughs> so. You know, there. You know, just because he, just because it's a different make and model, doesn't mean that the, 
that the the basics aren't the same right you get what i'm no, saying absolutely and there's there's certain things that you just that are going to be pretty much a given see you but my, i mean my point is is you could hop into a corvette and drive yeah I, I could you I, might be scared of it i, I could but you could hop could into a corvette and drive too. um yes for we, sure but anyways <laughs> they go they go zooming down the canyon grief man's deterrent and is trying to fight off the scout troopers um does a very good job. Uh, one of one of them manages to get on on top of it and is getting ready to pitch a grenade inside. And <laughs> we get this cool where grief grief like looking for him, turning, spinning the thing. Because you notice grief is able to sit down at that turret and flip it on and activate it and get everything up and running, no problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there must be. I mean, there just has to be some universality to battery worked stuff. with the empire <coughs> you know you don't know what you don't know what he yeah, was doing before yeah, yeah well so but he he takes out the last trooper and they think they're in the clear but meanwhile we zip back to the base which is now detonating um and we see some tie fighters taking off how they do a couple the, of them don't make it right how they do the tie fighters and everything oh my god it, it was it was awesome just I could watch that scene again of just them taking off. Um, the the dude, I have to say they really upped the visual effects budget this time around oh in God. this season. Didn't they they had to. Have. It is it is movie theater quality, if not better. I'm I'm in love with these visual effects oh, because they, they either perfected it, it, the technique nothing... that they were using, or yeah, they got some oh, more money man. on top of it and perfected it because yeah, it looks incredible, it's seamless, and you know we get. I mean the the Tie Fighters come come zipping after them, <coughs> and Grief is doing his best to um, to fend them off. And he manages to to take one out, but the crash destroys their gun, mm-hmm. and they're they're struggling. They're like, "Oh, we're almost to town. We're almost to town." You know, it's kind of a little bit of suspense. I was I was puckering my butt, and, thinking, oh, "Are they gonna? No, they're not gonna write the, the grief and car off the show, are they? Are they? They no, no they no, wouldn't no, no, do no, that." No. And then, I, but I was really starting to. Half wonder, almost muse at the idea. Would they really go there? And just as I was I really mean, hitting that point to they, say, would they really go there? I was, I was, I, I got my answer, and oh hell no, they wouldn't. It was one of the best parts. Yeah, Razor, Razor Crest comes flying in to save the day, and I mean, in some of the best, you know fighter combat scenes you've ever seen in star wars it was at this point we get a nice dog fight it was an awesome dog dog fight and the thing is that you have to know like about the razor crest is again this goes back to episode two it his the razor crest is not a highly maneuverable or um fast starcraft it is not anything, I mean, like the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters easily outclass it when it comes to fighters. Um, 
Oh yeah, no, the Razor Crest isn't a fighter craft at all. It's a it's a transport, mm-hmm. you know, or or whatever. But I mean, he flies he he flies that thing probably to to the limits of its capabilities. He is force and sensitive. He, you cannot tell me he's not. You think so? Yeah, he totally is, dude. This is a direct I don't link know, to but, Anakin's and But we also Luke's. Yeah, but we also we also saw the Razor Crest do some crazy maneuvers in the episode where they go to the prison ship. You remember they had to do the the wacky maneuvers to get the ship to to be able to dock to it without robot. being picked up on the the radar, but it was piloted by a robot. Yes. So and with the precision Yeah, I don't know. And, and, I, but this is where I'm like I, every time he's flown it even down to losing the X-wings. And I mean, yeah, he ended up screwing going through the ice, but had he not he outflew the x-wings and he shouldn't have been able to in in such in the craft and uh the scene i i i had i decided it 100 percent that he has to be force sensitive when you see him he gets up to the the the, the climax of of hit going up and he goes to, he inverts and starts going back down hits the thrusters and then starts pinwheeling right um mm-hmm. as the tie fighter is coming up and shooting at him the tie fighter even gets lock and we had seen it a couple times before where tie fighter gets locked but then the other guy gets locked and you see like grief he shoots first and the tie fighter goes down well this time the tie fighter gets locked and you see the tie fighter open up not one of the shots landed the only other person that I know that has ever gone directly into fire like that and avoided every shot is Anakin. Yeah, and he's he's barrel rolling the ship, to, uh, and he seems like he's doing it in perfect time to have all those shots miss. Yeah, it's it's nuts, dude. I mean, there's definitely a, a very good possibility. Um of course, one of my my other favorite thing about this whole dogfight is he's got Baby Yoda in the cockpit, who's treating it like a roller coaster ride. His arms up. You see Baby Yoda throwing, wee, you know, it's kind of it was really funny. <laughs> um, and he throws up. <laughs> yeah, and then he throws his his cookies up all over himself. Um, you know, we get a little little communication between Grief and Kara, and he's like, "Hey, come down, I'll buy you a drink," and uh, he's like. Oh, he goes, no, I owe you Mando. And he's like, well, well, hey, let's just, you know, th- say the repairs are good and call it even. He's like, all right. We, we, I got. Come come buy you a drink. Yeah, I got Gideon to worry about. We're going to just get to go where we're going. That was like. Yeah, well, I mean. Hmm? Well, we, we still have two scenes. Oh. So, but anyway, so they say their goodbyes and Mando goes rocketing off in his freshly repaired, good as new Razor Crest. Hmm. Well, and then we get back to Grief's office, and he is chatting with a very familiar X-Wing pilot. Uh, who, you know, he's looking for Mando. Hey, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Grief is not forthcoming. And the X-Wing pilot walks out and runs into Kara. And they begin to have a chat. He's like, you done a, you've done a good job cleaning up this system. And she's like, yeah, she's kind of nodding. And uh, 
he you know apparently has a way to tell who she is look up her records or her identification or mm-hmm. whatever um and it's like you're from uh you're from alderaan oh wait no 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 she go he he's like you we could we could use someone like you and she's like i'm not a joiner blue or something yeah. along those lines um the i mean the blue part seemed kind of like is that like republic i'm thinking he was blue squadron. is that what they, is that what they call maybe is that what maybe maybe it's very possible i think it was blue squadron and whatever <laughs> that might whatever that might mean um but i think that it had something to do with that that or had something to do with his rank right or maybe maybe blue is what ground troopers call flyers right i have no clue in the republic yeah, there there was some kind you know? of slang there that i don't understand but yes and oh speaking of slang did you have you noticed this season there's there's words that are being said periodically and it's the same two words um din farik or something to that effect yeah like, but I, pay yeah, attention I mean, to I, it i don't know what it means they're cussing that's Star Wars swear words. It's like it's either motherfucker or goddamn it. <laughs> it's their equivalent to one or the two because, like, you see Bo Katan do it, you see Mando do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been I'm noticing it in every episode. They're saying this Din Farik thing, and I'm like, that has got to be them cussing. Right, you're gonna find out. The yeah, story they made of up Din their own Farik cuss words. Is... <laughs> yeah. Anyways, anyways. So. Man. Um. Yeah. So they, uh, so he goes, um, you know, I can, I can see from your, your records here that you're from Alderaan. And he goes, I, I served during Alderaan. Did you, did you lose anybody? And she goes, I lost everybody. And it's, uh, it was kind of an, I mean, it was kind of a nice moment. Like that, that scene that was. I, I liked that scene. Mm-hmm. And then he did. He, I lost he everybody. And lays and, the metal down. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. And then he pieces out, but he, he lays down a metal. Do you know, do you know anything about and it? It's, de- it's a military metal. That's all I can tell because, the, you know, it's got the new Republic symbol. Maybe, and But it's also, if you look at the bottom underneath the Republic symbol, it's got what looks like a campaign ribbon painted on Yeah, I saw it. that. Um, yeah, so it's a military medal of some kind. And I, why he, he gave it to her, maybe, I don't know, it's hard she, to there say. Was, maybe there, it's, it was relevant to her, that was for sure. It was definitely relevant to her, but why would he have something that was hers? I mean, maybe... Would I mean? And I don't get it. No. He's in his spacesuit. Would that would that be his Alderaan campaign ribbon? And he's giving that to her. Like, was he there when the Death Star was destroyed? Is that what? And that's like the 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 campaign medal from the Death Star destruction. And so he's like here, and he just happens. To, I don't know. I hope they go back and explain. I, that yeah, one. I feel like they're definitely going to need to. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I. I'm really wondering again who Cardoon is, if she really is who she is, if she's not. I mean, this would imply that she obviously is. At the same time, yes, for sure. When does, I mean, he's able to check some sort of intergalactic database. When does to, Rebels tie up or finish up? 
when did the show Rebels finish up? Uh, I don't two years. No, no, ago? I mean, uh, sorry, not not actually in our, uh, but like time wise in Star Wars, it finishes before Rogue One. Yes, yes. Some sometime shortly before Rogue One, I believe. Um, the reason why I'm asking is if that was uh, okay this goes back this goes back to me it's like she's either really Cara Dune or I'm wondering if she's Sabine right and you could have somebody take all of that at that point in time and if she lost everybody say after Rebels because Ezra was gone um Bo-Katan and Ahsoka went off on their own or went on, or and then uh, what Ahsoka went off with Rex, right? I don't remember exactly how it all. Uh, they, out. She, her, 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 and Sabine went off to try to find. Okay, Ezra, her and Sabine go off to find Ezra. So I mean, maybe then, maybe not. It's like I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm. There's just things that there's something's not add, adding up yet about Cara Dune that I'm totally sold on. The fact, because she, again, she was hiding out from a bounty. And then just gives her real name right off. Uh, it's it's not, I'm not going to say it's in, impossible. And I mean, you could. Yeah, but it could also be possible she gave a fake name and a fake alias. And after Rebels, at some point in time, she assumed this this identity of somebody. Uh, I mean, the fact, the fact that that New Republic guy was able to tell... Who she was and, you know, Gideon, Gideon also said who she was and Gideon knew who Mando was. So, that's, that's true. you know, she gave the same name that Gideon gave that this Imperial pilot gave or that this rebel pilot gave that she gave. So I think she is who she says she is. Um, Okay, okay, you're you're convincing me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm against being convinced. I mean, um, we've we've got we've got a lot of sources, but she's mad at the Republic. I think that's yeah. obvious. There's something something was done to her by the Republic, and not just she was pulling duties that she didn't want to pull. Something was done because yeah. um, she's not happy with the Republic. Um, but anyway, that was it. Was a nice yeah. scene. I liked. I liked. I liked that. I'm scene. really starting to wonder um, who that guy is because he's making a lot of pop up. I mean, he's been in two now of the four shows. Yes, yes, he's been in a couple of episodes. So I don't know. Um, you know, as far Do you as think he knows, you know, Luke? maybe he. Um, yes, for sure, for sure, he for sure knows Luke. Anybody who has been in the rebellion since the Alderaan campaign knows Luke Skywalker destroyed the Death Star. He knows who. But Luke do you is think for he fucking knows sure. Luke? Oh yes, there's no like doubt. Like him and Luke had a brewski. Like him and him and Luke have probably high fived or shaken hands or whatever. Mm. Yes, no, Point there's no doubt he knows Luke. He was probably on Hoth. He was probably at Endor. Um, he might have even been, if you remember, A New Hope, there were four ships you know, flying away from the Death Star. There were four ships flying away from the Death Star. I'm going to have to look at The Millennium Falcon. Because... Luke Skywalker, 
Hold on, dude. Hold on. Let me before uh-huh. you before sorry, you sorry. share your thought. Four four ships flying away from the Death Star: Luke Skywalker's X-wing, Wedge's X-wing, the Millennium Falcon, and a Y-wing. What if this guy is in the Y-wing? Right. Well, we don't know who was flying the Y-wing. I'm feeling like I we've at, seen in a it New before Hope because the other part is I'm wondering. Part of me feels like I recognize his face as one of the pilots in one of the scenes where they were doing the doing the calls. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it, it could have been in Rogue One, maybe. Hold on, let me let me find him. I don't know. I'm curious now. I'm let curious. Me... Paul Sun Paul Sun Hyung Lee, Captain Carson Teva. So let me look at his acting credits. We're gonna find this out because I'm, I'm curious how how far they went back and how how if they. This could be a, one, a, a nice Easter egg for to one of the other movies, like like the Ice Spiders for Empire Strikes Back, or uh, the the jetpack uh, in the Marshall with uh, Boba Fett and from uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. I, they're including these all over the place, so I'm just curious if if he has had past. Um, it does not appear that he has been in any. Okay. So he's a new character. He is a new character. Yes. So, um, I am back to 2002 with no other star Wars credits other than the Mandalorian. So yeah, new character. Um, not, not saying he, not saying he couldn't have been uncredited, but. Well, you're right. They may go back and say exactly what you just did. He's the Y-wing. <laughs> He's the guy flying the Y-wing. Well, nobody ever said he I was mean, there. I mean, if he well, if he, <laughs> he served in the Alderaan campaign. I mean, the, he's kind of implying that maybe he was, but it's hard to yep. say. Um, yep. But then we go to an imperial ship of unknown class because they don't show us the whole no, thing and it, it doesn't reminded exactly me look of, like a star destroyer it looked like a uh, it looked like one of the freaking rebel or the republics uh like the mon calamari ships uh no it was too angular mon calamari ships are rounded um but it definitely it didn't strike me as an imperial star no. destroyer it struck me as something yeah. else um, I wish they would have shown the whole thing, but maybe that's being saved for later. Um, because showing the whole thing, I think, actually would have been cheaper effects-wise than showing the detailed underbelly of it as it's cruising through space. Right. So there must be some sort of reveal I'm, just based on what this ship I, is. I so, really think what um, we're getting, what, what part of what uh, Favreau and Filoni are doing right now is also... Tying us back, tying everything back to the the new trilogy um, to explain Palpatine in a way that is palatable. Um, I mean, maybe, but but because they I haven't mean, gone into, they don't really have to, mm-hmm. but they don't have to do that. Like they don't have to create television show to explain a plot point in the rise of skywalker uh, 
They don't have to do that. No, but I think they they don't. I don't think that they they have to. But I think with what the with what that initial writer did in the uh, the the gal that wrote the novel, and with how much retcon it created, say in the the original movies, because of how it changed fundamentally, like the, the emperor's death um, when Vader throws him down the shaft. Uh, how do you, beyond just explaining he jumped into this other clone's body and now he's alive again, well, how do you do that and explain it and with a little bit more justice and a little bit more Star Wars and a little bit more acceptability to the, the whole narrative than what was given to us in the book? And... If there's two guys that they could look at it and say, save the story somehow, these two guys could do it. And well, if they have sure. a reason to do it, there's... or like what we they were talking about with the, what is it, the Forge uh, or whatever, uh, that people are toying with the idea that they're going to go back and change history. Um, Ahsoka obviously is already there. It's in canon. Time travel's possible. Would they use it to get out of the narrative they're in? And could this be a, another setup for that? Uh, there's there. I feel like we're getting explanations as far as it goes. It's but the, it, they're all side plot with, in some ways. But I think it, the baby. Part of the reason why he wants the baby is because I think it it really is. Key to obviously Gideon's plan, but I also think I really think Gideon's working for the Emperor. I, I guess I just really think the I Emperor mean, I, that Gideon knows the Emperor's around and is carrying out his will, or he's trying to res him. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I really, I really don't know. Um, you know, um, but we go on to this this ship which is clearly imperial once you're on the inside you see the the familiar imperial architecture the imperial uniforms and um a gal manning a console gets a message from uh one of the mechanics or repair people from navarro and he says something you can't really hear but she goes walking off and uh comes face to face with moff gideon and says we have successfully planted the tracking device on the ship or on the Razor Crest. And he goes, and we can confirm the asset is still with him. And she goes, yes, confirmed. And he goes, all right, well, let's let's go get them then. So they know where they'll be able to tell where he went. Which I think is another key um, to back or another point to really back up what you're saying as far as Ahsoka's likely going to be in this next episode because I think she's one of the few people that could actually meet Gideon head on in a fight now I don't think Mando couldn't but if if the Beskar isn't um, lightsaber proof then that would be an issue and then lightsaber versus light, uh, lightsaber against lightsaber is really going to be what ultimately matters. But if the best car can handle it, then yeah, who needs a yeah. Soka? Well, so 
Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> and since since you you're talking about cleaning up Rise of Skywalker plot points, mm-hmm. what if um, what if Gideon kills Ahsoka? Ooh. Because we hear her voice talking to Ray. Ooh. Um, which a lot of people a lot of people said, hey, you know, that means she's dead. Um, and Filoni said, well, no, hold on. Don't that's not necessarily what this means. You know, the the force can do what the force wants to do, blah, blah, blah. But this would definitely you know, wrap that um, up. But of course, up, clean it up. Wow. But we but we said, you know, that there was also word that or whispers that we're going to get a spinoff show for Ahsoka. So I don't, I don't right. know. We'll have I don't to know. See. Do you, but I also know that Ahsoka is a highly skilled Jedi, and Gideon ain't. So dark saber or not, I don't know how much of a chance he would actually it's have. Like, do you think Gideon um, can stand up against Darth Maul? <laughs> No, 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 absolutely not. Yet Ahsoka was able to. So that that's just really, yeah, it's like it's, it'd be a clear, real easy fight. But we, but we know from Giancarlo saying he broke several Darksaber props filming the show. So we know that there's a fight coming. And he does not hold Um, back or pull any of his shots. He was swinging. He was swinging. Yep. So I mean, we will we will see. Uh, so possibly live action Ahsoka next week. So what are your thoughts? How you like? I'm excited. How this is going pulling, rolling out. I I I am very very happy with the direction that the show is taken. I'm glad that we're finally getting, um, we're getting gas to the storyline. We're finally we're we're moving where we've wanted to move. Mm-hmm. So we've got four more episodes left. That's sad. And they, sh- ah, but they're already filming the third season. Oh, do you man. think they're? It's gonna already do on the way. The th- I mean, do you think they're gonna? It's gonna be one a year, or are they gonna? Do you think they're gonna go the route like all the others, where they go season in the fall? Excuse me, season in the fall, season in the spring, kind of thing, or do you think they're gonna keep to just one a year? Uh, I don't know. I don't know because they said they they had a five year plan for the okay. show. So I mean, if they pump if they start pumping out two years of of seasons a year, or, you know, twenty episodes a year, yeah, I would love to see it. But that means that show is going to end pretty quick. Yeah, right. Five um, seasons is like basically that would give them two and a half years um, if they're doing two seasons a year. Um, and from what I, I mean, ultimately. I think the show is a far bigger hit than they thought it was going to be. So they might, I mean, that five year thing is probably pretty loosey goosey. So, right. Um, I mean, I'm happy. I'm excited for Friday. Uh, I, you know what I haven't been paying attention to? Oh, what's that? I, have you, what is the time length on each of the episodes? The last two have been very short. Yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling. But they haven't, but they haven't felt it. That's the thing is they haven't felt it. They've they've had so much going on in that time frame, like they haven't felt shorter to me. 
Um, these two episodes, these last two have come in in like the mid thirties. Yeah. The first one was like 54. Yeah. The second one was in the forties. And then, yeah, these last two have been in the mid thirties each. Okay. So that's kind of what I was wondering. Cause it started out really hefty. And then it's like, I was thinking about the other ones and while there was so much packed into it, it was okay because processing everything that they gave you, um, the, they gave you more than enough to process. Um, but yeah, it, I just, I remember thinking each time that, oh, I want, I, I just another, just like, I wanted, I, I wanted to keep going. So I just, I, I could pretend that I wanted another 10 minutes, but that's a lie. I wanted another episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I have no complaints. I have no complaints about anything. Like I said, I'm just, uh, week to week, the week to week wait is, uh. I mean, hey, I mean, it gives you another reason to look forward to Fridays, right? Absolutely. Right? I, I, I don't mind it, but we grew up that way. We did grow up that way. Even with the, the modern day, let's dump the whole show at once onto, onto whatever streaming platform and watch it all. Uh, I, like the, I like the episodic release. Mm-hmm. And hey, you know what? It keeps a lot of people subscribed to disney plus it really does yeah Um, (laughs) i mean yeah and and with everything that's coming (sighs) from disney plus you know like like mando has been i don't want to say carrying disney plus but it's definitely like the flagship disney plus thing it will be Um, nice to get some diversity with the wandavision and other things like that uh but they're doing a lot of yeah it's it's definitely aren't they too Oh yeah, there's there's going to be a bunch of Star Wars stuff on there and a bunch of Marvel. Um but yeah, no, I mean Mando is Mando is Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney Plus is Mando. I mean, for right now, that's just the bottom line and I couldn't be happier about yeah, it. Yeah, they they're putting out one hell of a product. <coughs> you know, if if the trilogy was what it was and what it will be and remain to be, which is I'm, I'm fine if they don't go back and do anything to it. They don't, I don't I just let it be what it is and let it sit, and you know it will become what the the prequels were. Um, I mean, so when it comes to the trilogy sequel, they, you know. It is what it is. The well, it, that it is exactly it is what it is. But you know, we don't have Carrie Fisher anymore, mm-hmm. so they can't do. They did what they could with her, but they, there's literally nothing else they can do with her. Um, Harrison Ford is eighty mm-hmm. and getting ready to film Indiana Jones five. He will not. Even if they did some weird space magic thing to where they could fix the timeline or whatever, they would never get him or Hamill. They might get Hamill, but they would never get him mm-hmm. back to fix it. They can't get Carrie back to fix it. We're we're never going to see that sequel trilogy be what I think the majority of us wanted what it, it could to have be. Been. And, and yeah, now it's it's impossible to to go back and fix it at any with. So, you know, what I what I think we're going to see is we're going to see a future of the Jedi, you know, built by Ahsoka with Baby Yoda at the head. 
And, you know, and maybe they find a way to loop Ray into this. Maybe they don't. I don't really care. Um, I have no problems with Ray. I have no problems with Daisy Ridley. Um, her inclusion in Star Wars doesn't make her to break it for me. I can take her, take her character or leave her character. Don't mm-hmm. care. Um, I'm just indifferent about yeah. it. Like, I don't care. Like, it, you know, but Ahsoka and Baby Yoda, I can be invested in. Yeah. And, and I think <laughs> Ahsoka is, is just as much of a part of the Skywalker legacy as Rey. If not more so, because she was Anakin's Padawan for how many years? She was years? actually, truly, yeah, Anakin's Padawan. Um, she, she, I mean, if you want to look at, at somebody who had, was, Ahsoka was closer with Anakin than Luke ever, obviously, was, because Luke never knew him. Um, so Luke had blood. Right, or then Ray. Or than Ray ever yeah. could be with with Leah or so, Luke. Ahsoka's so, Ray's connection to the Skywalker line more solid than um, even I hate to say Luke or Leia were, but Ahsoka knows more about Anakin than either one of them did. And if and yeah. I don't know, Anakin seems to, Anakin has become to me the the start of the Skywalker line. Um, and he obviously was always in the genetic wise sense of it, but you know, Luke was always the primary Skywalker. And in some ways, because of the clone wars, what they did there because of even the original trilogy and a lot of other things, I, all I can see is that it's gone from, um, uh, yeah, it, like Anakin has become pretty, uh, well, more important to the whole story than say, Luke was. Well, I mean, I tell you what, though, I got a baby guy here. <laughs> it would, I I hear him, I hear him. So yeah, I mean, it is definitely time for us to probably wrap it up. But you know what would be a cool little thing for them huh. to do? Give me a little, give me an episode of a show somewhere where Ahsoka sits down with Luke and just tells him about Anakin. How cool would that be? That would be amazing. That would be really, that would be really cool. cool. But hey, here's to hoping we got, we got smart people in charge of star Wars and fabs. We trust, you know I mean? If anybody can make it happen, it's him. So, but this has been a supersized, double eyes, mega Mando episode of the house of mtvg uh i am all out of stuff to say my throat is shot <laughs> it's getting kind of raspy and my and, and baby guy is, guy is saying i think yeah i can't think of much guy, anything else to say myself that that pretty much wraps it up for me um so all, all right well on behalf of guy Uh, I am Buddy, and this has been the House of MTVG, and we have spoken.